0: You are listening to The Forecast, Season 1, Episode 25. This episode is dedicated to victims of the Manchester terror attack.
1: Maximum we can achieve, and we did it. feels really outstanding good in this moment. Um, I said in the press conference, I think two days ago, that everything is good in this club in the moment. It feels good, but of course, we have to deliver results. And um, feeling on a good way is one, showing that you're on a good way is the other thing. I think, again, we showed it today. We deserve this position in good like in bad We've 76 points that's an outstanding number we all know what happened in January I think I'm not sure that all of us agree why but um, the explanation is injuries and too many games that we cannot change this or it happened. And then the problem in February we suffered from the games in January and then in March we were back on track and, and got the seventy-six points. So that's it. And it's a base we created. We learned a lot in this year um, about ourselves, and um, so we can use it. And I'm, I'm, I'm really <laughs> yes. If you want, um, usually at the end of a season you're kind of tired, but I could start. Hopefully we don't tell the player, but I could start tomorrow because I'm really already looking forward to it. What's um, what we. Um, what we can do and um, that we can qualify and all that stuff. Really, we are a good pre-season, so am really looking forward to it. Mm. really proud of the boys.
2: Welcome to The Forecast, episode 25, the final episode. The Forecast is the official podcast of four fields of Anfield Road. We are at www.forsite, that's dot com. a great international community of Reds, and our site features various news, opinion pieces, articles, match reports, well, not going to be any more match reports until the end of the season, player ratings, videos, this podcast, you name it. We have it. If you haven't already dropped by, please feel free to do so. Um, we'd love to see you around. We get a lot of comments on the site. Uh, as I kept saying, 10,000 plus comments a month. So a high level of fan engagement uh, on four. So, yeah, hope to, see you. So, hope to see you around. Guys, we did it. We pulled through. We crossed the line. How do you feel? Good.
0: Underwhelming <laughs> response. I think it's the, <laughs> the overriding emotion. Ocean.
2: Yes, you're allowed uh, to speak.
0: No, you <laughs> may not. <laughs> I think That's it's
3: great, but we still need an update from Eric.
4: We need an yeah.
5: update from Eric. <laughs> No, I think I think I think we all should be relieved more than pleased because after the way we started, we were all dreaming of higher. Let's face it. Mm. Both Joe and I thought we were going to actually challenge the way we started. Like you didn't have to bring train. that
2: up, did you? Oh,
5: yeah, I did because you know I'm not going to be the only one that's going to be pillared for that. Right. Um, so I think at the end of the day, a lot of us were relieved that we actually made it. Yeah. Into the Champions League, I think we deserved it. Mm-hmm. I think there's no doubt we played a great brand of football, a great attacking brand of football. Unlike, I won't mention who, uh, the Dower side of the uh, Moss side. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the great to one. see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the, those two, the, actually, the style of football and his personality match each other, doesn't it? Yeah. So uh, a <laughs> sense of relief. We, d- we did definitely deserved it. And uh, I think we can look forward to next year uh, with a deeper, stronger squad. And I think we'll surprise quite a few people.
2: All right. So that's the uh, initial uh, top line reaction out of the way. And this is our group of forecasters for tonight. <laughs> Say hi, Keith.
5: Hi
2: there. Say hi, Bez.
6: Hello.
2: Say hi, Christian. Hi, everyone. Say hi, Jason. Hi. Say, that was very cute. <laughs> say hi, Mental. Hey, hey, hey. And say hi, Will. Hello, everyone. And we're missing a man right now, but I'm sure he'll jump in at any point. Eric? Welcome. Welcome to the show, guys. So, more relief um, than, uh, you know, than anything else, uh, seeing how we uh, almost just scraped to the finish line on this one. Um, Is this where we want to be? Um, Is this really what we deserve? Do we deserve more than that? Um, What do you think, Vez? Well, we definitely deserve
7: Champions League football. Mm -hmm. Whether we deserve to finish above the fourth place in the Premier League, well, I think that's open to debate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, as always was our our trouble, that that damn word consistency Mm
4: -hmm.
7: is still haunting us. And hopefully, over the summer, with the right uh, transfer targets, Klopp will sort that out for next season. And... uh, yeah, the the Champions League is, like you said, we are relieved because it's it's a huge, it's the huge next step that, that we need to take to continue our climb back to the top. Mm. I mean, we've pretty much got as far as we could get yeah. without Champions League. Now we need to, to make ourselves attractive to top players and we need to be ready to invest top money and compete at the highest level. And yes, I I do believe we will surprise many people because I think we'll do better in the Champions League than we we normally do in the Premier League. Mm
2: -hmm. Mental relief or ecstasy? I know there's other guy that's probably uh, in ecstasy in the I think I'll not talk about that.
3: <laughs> We'll ask Eric about ecstasy when he gets on. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it's great. I think it's great. 76 points. You know, yeah. uh, Take it. Take it. Bend over and take it, Gooners. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, the Gooners, the eternal fourth place trophy merchants.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and they had a really good season, 75 points. Yeah, you know, that's a good season for them. There's improvement on last year for them. They have got higher than that, but uh, you know, I think that's the highest fourth place finish mm-hmm. um, that we've seen in the Premier League. So, you know, we achieved a lot of stuff. We achieved a lot of stuff, and we dropped a lot of soft points as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, United nowhere. I mean, fifteen draws and five losses. United right in the league, and a bunch of draws in the Europa League as well.
4: Yeah.
3: So, in a pathetic Europa League, absolutely ridiculous that Europa League this year. So, if you're, a, if you're a, a United fan this year, mm-hmm. every other game you went to see was either a draw or a loss. Yeah. <laughs> plus, true. plus one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, true, how yeah. crap is that? Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> and, they, uh, <laughs> and they still got 69 points, which shows you how shite the league has been this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, best league in the world, my arse. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> So uh, you know, so seventy-six points is is great, and we could easily have seen ourselves, you know, hit the eighty-point mark easily, which is absolutely fantastic. I mean, that is eighty points is the level where you can ge- uh, generally be considered serious title contenders, right? right? Yeah. Now this year was exceptional with Chelsea getting up to ninety-three points. Um, yeah. So I don't think we were ever actual actual title contenders. I kind of halfway through the autumn I wrote off us as title contenders, yeah, Um but, uh no it's it's a great achievement it's been really good i've been looking at some numbers uh by the month uh and looking at individual months and things and we'll hopefully return to that over uh, in the next uh, podcast yeah. that we've talked about offline yeah. um uh, so yeah some interesting stuff that's happened through the season and you know it's a it's a really good a really good season it's a really mm. important step you know it's, it's not a trophy but it's a ticket and it's a golden ticket we have, you have to, we have to get into it if we want to compete any further.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Will, do you think that um, the gloss got taken off a little bit um, with the success of uh, United in
0: the Europa League? I think it was a little bit disappointing because my first thought actually was United have sort of lived our dream from last season of they got to league Cup final they got to the Europa League final but they won both finals and we lost both finals and when you look at it that way it was very, very disappointing but I think um, to finish fourth is obviously great and to, to get into the Champions League that way is great as well because it was, was at the end of the day it was quite difficult with the top six playing so well this season mm. to have got that place and that's uh, represented like you said earlier about how Arsenal are the, have got the highest points total of any team to ever finish outside the top four in the Premier League. So that just shows how difficult it was to get in, how much of an achievement it was for Liverpool to get in. So I think we can be a little bit bitter about Manchester United winning the Europa League, whereas we didn't, and getting into the Champions League that way. But I think what's important now is that we show what we're made of in the Champions League. And I have every belief that we can make it further in the tournament than they can next year, because Liverpool are a big game club. They belong uh, in that position as European royalty so i'm excited for the champions league campaign next season
2: okay okay jason how do you balance um the you know that that weight of expectation versus realization this this is where we are and we should only be looking ourselves and then on the external side looking at how others are doing and what they have actually achieved um in terms of trophies uh instead of you know say hollow achievements like highest points total highest fourth place finish and things like that how do we how do we as fans balance these two perspectives
8: um i think not very well actually <laughs> <laughs> i think there's i think there's a huge section of um liverpool fans who grew up with us always being number one and they're unable to accept where <coughs> we are and yeah. we've if if you think about it, really, since the since the Premier League started, we haven't won the title, yeah. Um, yeah. and we've we've kind of gradually dropped away over the years, uh, and, until the point where I think if you look over uh, the last several seasons, we, we've more often finished in positions like sixth or seventh or eighth rather than in the top four. Right. So you, you you have to, I think start to be realistic and think about actually from where we've been since Rafa left or even in his last year um what what Klopp has achieved in the the last couple of seasons has been absolutely fantastic in that light I think
2: okay okay uh, christian yes what do you think how
6: how <laughs> I think yeah I- it-
2: but How do you feel my, about this? My thoughts
6: yeah. are that relieved about the fact that we finally really made it, okay. because it, it looked in between like the team tried to do everything to mess it up. <laughs> um, but we have made it, and from my personal club experience, we are very much on on schedule. Schedule, so um, <clears throat> it's it's a good improvement. We are still far from being the finished article, from being the absolute yeah the number one. Um, we want to be in England and uh, surely also uh, uh, one of the top teams in Europe. We will get back there but it takes one or two further seasons with further um, say refurbishing the team certain reinforcements in certain positions we cannot get everything in one season that wasn't possible last season with uh, finishing uh, eight in the league and it's not possible right now because there are too many positions where we will have to reinforce over the next few years, but we are on. on, (laughs) as Klopp always says on a a very good way Mm -hmm. we are on schedule we we will be more stable next year, we will compete to a certain degree in in the Champions League as well Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very sure Klopp will use the cap um, competitions, the domestic ones, for introducing the youngsters and give them further experience Mm -hmm. Um, so he will not Take that, take it that serious, mm-hmm. but um, that's part of the development which we urgently need to get back to, to the top position in England.
2: Okay, okay, fair enough. Keith, we'll do get there. You, do Keith, do you think we are on schedule? Do you think this is a base that's worth building on? And if it is, what how how big is that gap between us and and the rest? And can that gap be closed, um, even more next season?
5: Okay, listen. I'm the uh, the eternal optimist. If we look at our starting 11, uh, we took on all comers uh, in terms of the the top half of the table. That gives me confidence for the Champions League. Yes, injuries and squad depth did play a role. I think we've got a tremendous base. I really do. And I don't think we're far off. Uh, I think we will cement our place in the top four next year. Mm -hmm. And I can see us being a lot closer to, to the summit as well as having quite a good run in the champions league the the fa and the c uh, and, the, and the league cup i'd like to see the youngsters come in and uh, don't tell them that's not serious mm-hmm. because they're going to take it serious and there's some serious talent there as well mm-hmm. and if you look at our squad players and some of those youngsters i think they'll uh, they'll equip themselves quite well uh, i'm very very optimistic uh, if we didn't have uh, the the problem with the injuries and the lack of squad depth, I think we would have been a lot closer to the top of the summit. I think we might still have fallen short uh, from on the on the terms of what Chelsea did, but I could see us on the level of spurs if we didn't have so many problems with injuries this year. So I think we've got a great base uh, it's we don't need that much adding, and if we add good quality this year. It'll be another, another step. Whether it's the ultimate step next year, time will tell, but I don't think we'll be far off come the end of next year.
2: Okay. You know how it is at the end of every season where, you know, um, we come to a settled um, reasoning within ourselves that, uh, okay, uh, this is where we are, this is where we need to be, and I think this bridge can be, can be, um, you know, can be addressed and can be, can be sorted. Uh, in the summer and and through preseason um, and all of this and every season we go through this this process um, but uh, sometimes we fail to bear in mind that you know not everybody else is not st- standing still they they are also in in uh, you know in movement they are also strengthening they are also in constant development um, and you know and, and every everyone shifts everyone shifts and and the gap is is um, uh, still there in a way so there's for next season. Okay, of course we know about transfers and all these kinds of things, uh, injuries. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we try our best. It's something that's very hard to, uh, you know, legislate for, I guess. But what work do you think needs to be done now uh, for the for that step up to address this gap? What work do you think needs to be done? Yes.
7: Well. Like I said earlier, uh, what we need to do is show that we are willing and capable to invest and that our aspirations are high. And I really think the, the tide has shifted in that aspect for Liverpool in the last year, year and a half, with with the main stand being built and and owners tying down top for for another six years with that new contract and then signing the new contract with coutinho and i think they are they are showing the willingness to to invest more than they have previously so i really really think the future is bright and now if we have that those aspirations and if we are willing to spend i mean um players play football for different reasons and and uh, while we like to think of playing for Liverpool being an honor in itself and the thing that Milner said about we don't want any players that, that only want to come and that that's, that's actually echoing something Klopp said I think much earlier about those players that only want to play for Liverpool if we are in the Champions League but we need to face it that top players want to play top competitions and if we want to be attractive for top players we need to play the Champions League and we need to aim for trophies
2: mm-hmm. and that's it so, so so yeah he said something like you know uh, looking for players who instead of just wanting to jump into the into the train or a ship or whatever that's all he referred yeah just to, uh, to push that yeah
7: I'm all for that I'm all for that the, those players need to push that train. Not, not, not only to jump on it, but they need to have that feeling that that train is going in the right direction and that it is going to take them where they want to go.
4: Okay.
2: Okay. I have it on on point to to to, to discuss this a, a little bit more in depth um, as a later point. I just want to continue on this uh, on this particular point on the on the work that needs to be done. Um, mental. How important is it for Liverpool to keep crowing about? The support that FSG are going to give to Klopp in terms of transfer funds. Um, we've heard various sums being thrown about. You know, it's, it's and it seems to be to 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 be uh, to keep uh, being whittled down. It started from two two hundred million to hundred and thirty million. Now it, now I'm reading hundred million. Now, how much of this is how much of this is um, net spend versus um, you know a, a transfer kitty that excludes. Um, uh, proceeds from sales and things like that so it's unknown but um, how important is this is it for Liverpool to, to to be seen throwing their weight around financially in the transfer window
3: um, well the, the, the critical thing is for Michael Edwards to really get his homework done and find targets mm-hmm. you know they, so if they end up being big-name signings or not, mm-hmm. I kind of got enough faith in Clock that he'll buy decent players. I mean, the critical thing is we find them and we're able to get them, right? That the, the the going for the uh, Van Dykes and the Caters at, at 50 million pound pop is kind of—I just—I don't really see it happening. You know, I don't think we would compete. We'd be able to compete with uh, with other clubs for a Van Dyke, for example, um, and I can imagine. I can imagine a cater saying I don't need to move at the moment yeah um, Leipzig's pretty good and I can get a new contract and I'm only 22. you know I don't need you know I can see a, a lot of things coming into play and us not getting some of those some of those types of targets yes. so Edwards really has to earn his coin this summer he really has to find these uh, these uh, hidden gems
4: yeah
3: um, that, that we can buy I mean there, there will be a heap of moaning when we don't Spend 50, 60 million on, on, on a player. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the amount that's available is a, is a good point. I mean, last summer, I mean, at the end of the season, the end of last season, 31st of May 2016, the accounts that we saw in March said that we had a 60 million pound operating loss okay. um, with a 20 million pound net loss uh, overall. So, you know, the I don't think the suggestion that, this, that the summer housekeeping was all about sorting that out and getting rid of that operating loss yeah. from the books. Um, so that, you know, and we of course we didn't we didn't spend anything uh, net on that those particular transfers in the summer. Yeah. So uh, I can see that uh, the housekeeping being done there, mm-hmm. um, But that does mean that this year, yeah. you know, we should have pl- uh, a really good amount of money yeah. um, to spend we got, you know, OK, the extra TV money, I think, is only about 30 or 40 million, um, you know, which obviously isn't going that far these days. But, uh, but you know, we've got a bigger stand. I, I don't know quite what happens with the repayments on that. Um, but it's it may be that we get extra money from that as well. Um, the Champions League stuff, that might have an effect on the sponsorship money as well. Some of those contracts may be written so that the, there's a bump in that. So there should be a fair amount of money available. Um, plus, you know, you could conservatively estimate 50 million in sales. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we should get well north of 100 million to spend. And, so, uh, and it's, it's really down to Michael Edwards getting his, his work right so that we have candidates that are achievable that we can get. I mean, particularly talking about the, the candidates, what we need. You know, I can go through each line of the pitch couple in, def- in the defensive line, a couple in the midfield line, a mm-hmm. couple in the attacking midfield line, a striker. You know, you could make lists for all of these,
0: yeah.
3: um, all of those, and then see who you can get. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, you won't get all of them. That, you know, that sort of seven plus players, um, you won't get all of them, but you've just got to get as many as you can that are the right fit. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you just, you've really got to go for it. And they've, they've got to make it work. Yeah. And, yeah, FSG are going to come in for a lot of flat, I think. Um, but we will have to see
2: where we are at the end of the summer. Yeah, what's new on that front, do. isn't it? FSG are taking the brunt of every single, uh, small little thing. Um, Christian, um, as, uh, you know, following uh, Klopp's uh, career through uh, from a British adoptment to through to Liverpool, um, could you are you able to give some insight as to how... Um Dortmund do their transfer business Because, you know we we do know that um Klopp is used to working with a uh with a doff okay director of football yes um zork in this instance for 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 dortmund mm-hmm. um uh, he's not one of those players like Benitez or someone like that where you know he' he 's got his eye on on several players and on on various uh, player targets moving around all over europe or <coughs> wherever they are in the world and you know he said, "Okay, get this guy, get this, get this guy, get that guy he He relies very much heavily and i'm sure i'm sure he he he, he knows uh, you know a couple of players that he fancies and he you know he thinks they they're, they're great and he wants them on, but primarily relies on a doff so um, can you give some insight as to how, how, how that worked in uh, uh, Dortmund? And and is it is our perspective an, an assumption that, you know, uh, there's, there's a delineation of duties or responsibilities of what Klopp is able to do in the absence of a great doff in this instance? Like Zork?
6: I can't really do that. Um, what's... What I know from the past, of course, as as everyone of you would um, would think right right away, comparing the two clubs, um, at the time Klopp was working with their there or started there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean Dortmund came came just recovering from a situation where they nearly, very nearly went bankrupt. So they had to work on a very, very low level with good contacts, recommendations from leagues where the players were extremely cheap, but talent were there as well as in the other leagues as, uh, as known as as, as uh, France and, and England and uh, Spain. So, um, yeah, they looked at, for example, Poland. They looked in the German youth leagues. In Germany, players are much cheaper than in England, sure. And,
2: um, sure, yeah,
6: I agree, yes, and yeah, yeah, and um, they had simply had to, to be clever working on that base, but I think the differences are not too big. I mean, I mean, Klopp, let's um. He lets the management knows what kind of players he's he's looking for. The management tells him how much money they are willing to spend at a certain time, mm-hmm. and they readjust and realign um, their, say, their strategy and their, and take measures according to that, depending on how the season goes. Mm-hmm. And um, we have seen that with with FSG as well. That obviously, FSG has realized if we want to, see. Quick success. We have to invest more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Chinese stepped in, so we have yeah, and they are going from club to club and offer 50 million per year
4: mm-hmm.
6: <laughs> for for player players' wages. So that that makes everything even worse. So they have to to splash the cash, and and I think regardless of this director of football issue with Zorg and this transfer committee, which is still a very strange, strange thing to me. (laughs) Yeah. Where's the fucking problem when, when Klopp says he has the first and the last word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that there, there are not too many differences. It depends all on the skills and the experience of the guys involved. Yeah. Well,
2: if if we look at, um, the signings that, uh, brought in okay uh, Yeah. let's look at these guys right so joa matip i think we can all agree he was an unqualified success and he's going to be the mainstay of uh, of central defense correct yeah yeah so yeah. yeah it's 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 like we're talking about from the perspective of he's the he's one of the first names that goes into the team sheet and we're just looking for a partner next to him right so people don't seem to be completely um you know Convinced by uh, Lovren, although um, in on the forecast India show um, did mention that you know that um, we've had now uh, both fully fit Matip and uh, Lovren for the final few games, and we kept five clean sheets out of six. So still yet people don't think that you know they think that Lovren is the is the weak link in that, and uh, they you know that they would look they would want someone to. More stable defender to partner with uh, with Matip. Okay, then we have Karius, right? Um, how do you think he did? Well, it's kind of like a question that answers itself. Kind of, he kind of uh, floundered a bit when he first started. Mm. But it's kind of unfair as well, coming into a new league and then immediately he needed to perform, um, and and also knowing that. You know, Mignolet needed that competition to, to, to up his game and which he uh quite he did that quite well. So he responded. Um to me, I mean since I mentioned Mignolet, to me at least, um, I think he's put all doubt that he should be the starting goalkeeper for next season. Would you agree with that, Keith?
5: I, I think it's unfair to 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 criticize carriers at this stage. Let's face it. In pre-season, he looked great.
4: Yeah.
5: Um, he really he looked the business, and we all thought, "Wow, this kid this kid can play." And then he broke his hand on Lovren. Yeah. I mean, Lovren done a lot of damage over the <laughs> <over laughs> <Lovren. laughs> <laughs> and one of them was breaking Carius's hand. Yeah. And I think when he came back, the physicality of the Prem, with with trying to recover from a broken hand, I think he shied away a little bit. Of being aggressive and lost that confidence. Hence, Miggs came back in. So, I still think Carrius is going to be a a really, really good goalkeeper for us. And I think he's learning about the physicality. He'll be that much stronger next year for for the experience. He's got to work his butt off to get in ahead of Miggs at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. And that's good. Because we've got two really good keepers at this stage, with Ward coming through as well, who's had a great season, so I think our goalkeeping is looking really healthy for many years to come, because both Ward and Karius are youngsters, and Miggs is not that old either, so uh, I I, I, I like what's happened this year in terms of that Miggs has stepped up, he's aggressive he's commanding his area and uh, he's a different keeper than he was the last two or three years that I've seen him play Why do
3: you think he's done that, Keith? Why do you think he's stepped up?
5: I think, uh, first of all, getting dropped was was a nice kick up the ass, which is always good for somebody who thinks he's. Well, listen, if you got if you got Brad Jones as your backup keeper, really, is that a challenge? Uh, and uh, and Bogdan, uh, let's face it, the, 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 there is no competition there for him. And I, I think when Carriers came in and he was dropped immediately, it was a, it was a rude awakening. Uh, uh, and I think Achabur and 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 uh, Ma, uh, what is it, Manninger, Manninger, yeah, or,
2: Manninger. Manninger yeah. uh,
5: who came in yeah I think that made a big, big difference. And you could see it. You know, we we used to know a Migs with wide eyed on the on the on the line, not moving off that line. Uh, and now he comes and commands the box. He comes out. He punches. He's aggressive. He comes for uh, for the crosses, and it's a whole different ball game with that as well. Yeah. So I think there's been a, a big shake-up in the coaching, uh, and and they've obviously taken it on board. And and there's been a big improvement across the board.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah it just it just annoys me that he spent three years being a total fuckwit. quit. <laughs> and, you know, it took, it took, it took a major, yeah, that's it a major thing to get it out of him. You know, he's like, "Well, yeah, fuck? but you know? but, he, yeah. but he had a
5: fu- he had a fuckwit of a manager."
3: Yeah, <laughs> who, I think I think you're
5: whose right. Best yeah. attrib- whose best attribute was his teeth. So, so, so.
2: I'd argue that that's Klopp's best attribute yeah. as well, actually.
5: <laughs> no, no, you can't say that's not his. Definitely not his best attribute. <laughs> his, his teeth. He's got real European teeth. Looks like he's been smoking 40 bloody Marlboro a day.
3: <laughs> Only. Klopp could be Jim Carrey in, a, in another Astoria, couldn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
5: Yeah, exactly. No, so so I, th- I think what, one of the, the under, underrated thing about Klopp is the support team that he's brought in. You know, we talk about the brain, we talk about uh, the physio, we talk about the fitness coach. I think his support staff is far superior to that that Rodgers had. Mm-hmm. So, and I and I think the overall club is run on a really professional basis. Yeah. It's not oh I think maybe this will work. Oh no, that doesn't work. Maybe this will work. I think it's. But Brendan didn't have the experience to come to a club like Liverpool. And I know I don't. You know I know I don't like Brendan. And I think he bullshitted his way into the job too early too inexperienced, and he needed to go somewhere like Celtic who dominates and learn his trade. Liverpool is not a club where a manager learns how to manage. And I think that was the biggest mistake FSG made. And I think they corrected it with Klopp, uh, and, and you can see the difference. We are run like a professional. There, there is structures. There is, there is a game plan. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, I, I'm very, very excited going forward. This is the, this is the most excited I've been since re- when Rafa Benitez came to the club, yes. and I thought he's going to build a dynasty. Then we had those two arseholes from the states, mm-hmm. the Cowboys, yeah. that stuffed everything up.
2: You know, I want to, I want to talk about um, uh, Ekterberg. Okay. <laughs> This guy is. Um, oh, you can say He's uh, yeah, he, He's always <laughs> getting the arsehole. short end of the stick. Um, <laughs> you know, when uh, Mignolet doesn't do well, he gets blamed, and when he does well, we give Manning, manager the credit. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, so he, 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 have he, to, he... You
5: have to. You have to admit, Manning, Manning's. He's the one that's made the difference, because Atcherbird was there before. Yeah. Uh, and all of a yeah, sudden, have changed.
3: We've had to suffer for a long time.
5: Yeah. Uh, so, so whatever happened in that backroom staff, they they they've turned Minouli into a, a world-class keeper at this stage.
8: Mm. It's not just Minouli, though, is it? I mean, look at look at Lallana, for example. I mean, how he. Oh no, we
5: talk. Sarah talking goalkeeper. The sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. Yeah, I know. It's um, maybe we shouldn't be surprised that whatever's going on in the coaching is obviously a lot better than what we had before because but we see so many players improving
2: yeah well, and this you is you what
8: just got just, about a lot wasn't it he said he wants to improve the team by coaching not by buying
5: yeah yeah you know for a for a person to take dortmund's side mm-hmm. and to beat bayern munich with the powerhouse financial muscle that bayern munich had for him to come in there with a, a side of dortmund with with a fraction of the spend of a bayern munich sends a huge message of how good this man is yeah it's not an accident you don't do this by accident you maybe get lucky like a Leicester for a year but he's done it
2: consistently yeah
6: yeah
2: well it was uh, not just it was
6: not just beating Bayern Munich but Mm -hmm. he occasionally outplayed them and that that was so humiliating to Bayern that they yeah, they really rolled up their sleeves to strike back and <laughs> <laughs> carried a lot of money out of the cellar to, to splash it to strike back. Yes.
2: Well, um, speaking of
6: I love uh,
3: the story. I love the story that uh, Hamburg turned down Klopp because he
6: looked a bit scruffy. A bit scruffy. <laughs> yeah, because of his old worn jeans. He had his his five years old look jeans on. And they said we can't work with that guy. And refused him. And they're fighting for uh, against relegation. Yeah. <laughs> year after year now.
8: <laughs> in, a, in another world, they made a different decision and they're uh, the second best team in Germany.
2: <laughs> you know, but um, the yes. thing is that uh, a, ma- a manager spoke highly of uh and went as far as to say that it's a shame that they didn't meet 10 years before. Uh, and he says that he... he is you know, training the keepers and all the fundamentals of being a, a good goalkeeper, such as playing with your feet and coming for crosses. Jeez, I didn't see any influence in that area. But um, So, you know, you spoke highly of him um, in his uh, so-called retirement, uh, you know, message. Um, Will, how would yeah. you deal with this stock of, Goalkeepers now that we have, we seem to have a suffice of um, great options now. So you've got Minoule, we've got Garius, this great white potential um, uh, that uh, uh, you know that we're all looking at and uh, you know hoping that he will fulfil. And then you have Danny Ward, who's had a fantastic season
0: uh, at Huddersfield.
2: Next season with these three guys, how would how
0: would you? I'm expecting him to do sort of do what he did start to do this season um, when we got to the latter stage of the League Cup campaign, the start of the FA Cup, where Carrius became the clear cup keeper and Mignolet became the league keeper. And I'm sort of expecting him to do that as well with the Champions League as well. I reckon what he's going to do is he's going to have Mignolet as the Premier League keeper because Mignolet's had a lot of Premier League experience. He knows how to deal with the more physical style of play. And it will probably give Carrius a bit of an easier base to start improving his performances and developing himself for Liverpool if he's playing against European teams who maybe aren't going to be uh, as physical and as overbearing as a lot of Premier League teams are. And and it should hopefully help his development as well because I think the one problem with playing in just the the domestic cup games was he wasn't always coming up against particularly high standards of opposition. Mm -hmm. You know, he was playing games against Plymouth, Argyle and Wolves, who I know he did get beaten by Wolves, but it's not as big a test Say, as if we had a Champions League group with your Barcelona's or your PSG's yeah. in that. That's going to be a real test for him and it's going to really help him sort of develop the kind of winning mentality that a goalkeeper at Liverpool needs. So I think, in terms of how he's going to balance Mignole and Carrius, I reckon they're probably both going to get game time in that manner. With Danny Ward, um, I think it is possible that he could be loaned out again because of the fact that simply if Liverpool do have Carrius and Mignolet both playing those first-team roles and interchanging being the first-choice goalkeeper, then I can't really see a place, a place for Danny Ward to actually come in and play any football for Liverpool. So whether Jurgen Klopp wants to keep him here and be nurtured and work under John Attenberg, or whether he wants to loan him out maybe back to Huddersfield and give him another year there, I don't know yet. But as for Mignolet and Carrias, I think that's probably how we're going to see it, and then Danny Ward maybe will be loaned out and then brought back if one of the goalkeeper just gets injured or they're underperforming at any stage in the season.
2: OK, OK. Um, Jason, right at this moment, who do you think is the better um, backup option to Mignolet? Karius or Ward?
8: <laughs> that, that's a hard question. Um, to be honest, I haven't seen much of Ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little bit of him in the Euros. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, he, he's got some good experience actually now, hasn't he? Because... Yeah. Uh, I think he got rated as um, the best goalkeeper in the championship this season or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he's had some, what you could call relevant experience uh, because he, he's he's come up against the more physical sides and so on. Um, I, I think some people have made the suggestion that maybe Carriers could go out on loan and, and Ward would come in as the, the number two. My, my suspicion is, is that, um, as Will said, Klopp will stay faithful to Carius um, and Ward will go out on loan again. What, what I would hope is that um, Ward is actually given a fair shout against the other two goalkeepers in, in the summer so that Klopp can have a good look at the three goalkeepers together and, and make, a, make a choice from there. Because I think given what Ward has achieved in, in the last um last season for Haddersfield and the season before for Aberdeen and he he's already play he's already playing at international level and so on. Yeah. I think he deserves a fair a fair stab at a position in the Liverpool team.
2: Ward isn't the starting keeper for the Welsh national team, is he? He's uh, is he is he the starting I think he's back up but he's playing. Like, right. Hennessy's a, a starter, time. right? Hennessy, you win Hennessy, I think. From uh, Palace, I think he's their first choice keeper, starting keeper for the for the Welsh team. Um, Keith, will you entertain this notion of of keeping Ward and loaning Carrius?
5: Never never happened in a million years. Klopp will not ditch Carrius on just one season. Um, He will definitely give Carrius a good run next year. I think the idea was Carriers to be number one and eventually Mignolet will be sold and Ward would come in as the the backup. Mm. That Mignolet has really stood up big time. I Mm. think has thrown a little bit of a spanner in the works to Klopp's thinking. A good spanner. It's always good to have these problems. Rather have too many good ones and decide what you want to do. Uh, I think that he's going to have a look at it uh, pre-season and see what they come up against. But I can still see Mignolet and Carriers being the two keepers for next year and Ward will go back out and loan.
2: Okay, okay. Anyone has any other different views on this?
3: No, I, th- I think it's probably worth mentioning that uh, Karius, uh, um played at Mines to quite a high level. So I think they finished in fifth place when he was there yeah. and got into Europe for the first time in their history. Yeah. So he's got much higher level experience than Danny Ward, who obviously has just been the championship and. Um, so I think it's just a question of whether he keeps him around as a number three, uh, or if uh, or if uh, Ward insists on playing time and uh, wants to go out again.
2: Okay, okay, all right. Let's let's come back again uh, to 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 the players that um, he's brought in. All right. So uh, we talked about Maty, we talked about Karius. Um We talked. Joe, can I? Can yeah. I just
3: say, yeah. just uh, at, the, at the risk of uh, um, uh, talking too much, um, the, the way I looked about I looked at the last summer signings was he brought three people into the team,
4: yeah.
3: um, Matip and uh, um, Mane and, Mane. Uh, and Will, Aldum. Will Aldum. Um but he moved three other players, didn't he? Reinvented Lalana, Milner and Henderson. Um, yeah. So from the three signings he brought in, he, he actually. Dealt with six positions, right? And if you compare what would have happened before, uh, before Klopp, you know we would have brought six players to six positions. He brought three players and changed six positions, and we were dramatically different in our whole uh, game style and game plans this year. Um, And I think that's that's incredibly impressive to do things that way. It's really intelligent use of resources. And now we're seeing him once again move Coutinho, and he's deeper now. Um, Now, sure, Coutinho's played that before, um, before he came. But, uh, you know, he was doing quite well up front, but then started to lose space, getting double teamed. Mm -hmm. So he's moved him again, and 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 it's working quite well. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that puts a different emphasis on your recruitment that you require. So it's the intelligence. He's going about the whole thing, you know, with him and his team. I think that's what gives us such hope, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, um, let's also not forget he another another guy you like in with
3: a diamond. Yeah.
2: yeah
5: so so yeah, he, he Klopp it can take a lot of blame uh, for us uh, for the results against the lower end of the the table because he was too cautious. He he he, he persisted with the four three three, which worked beautifully against the top teams, but against the lower teams, we we weren't aggressive and we weren't attacking enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so. Yes, he, he, he's finally done it. He's finally seen that it works, which is great. But all these people clamouring for all these massive big names, it's not going to happen. Uh, we're going to get some good players in. But we forget that our starting eleven took, took the best on and beat them. We, we were the best against the top teams. Klopp's now sort of found a way that works against the lower half of the table. And I think we'll be we, that much stronger for that experience next year. What we lacked, we will have now with depth and depth in quality, which we didn't have this year.
2: Um, there's another name that's um, not really up there in terms of, uh, you know, weight of name, weight of name. Uh, neither weight of the transfer value. We only paid four point two million pounds for him. Ragnar Klavan um, was brought in. Uh, obviously, four point two million is not going to stretch very far in the transfer market uh, at present. Um, Do you think he underperformed or do you think he actually fulfilled an important role throughout the season then? Uh, uh, Vez?
7: Well, I think it falls actually somewhere in between those two ratings that you just offered. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he... uh, Considering the price that, that Liverpool paid for him, I think he did very well. But... Yeah, there were some some games that, that we needed him to step up because of the injuries to, to Matipor Lovren, and, and he could have done better. He was too slow sometimes, and s- sometimes he just missed an inch or two to, to save a goal that we ended up conceding. So it's hard to, to give him a proper mark, and I think he needs bit more time. We, we shouldn't forget even though he's an experienced player as, as opposed to Carius, age-wise yeah. I, I think he, we shouldn't forget that he's also in, in a new league and facing this different level of physicality especially for the defender, for a central defender that's an important thing yeah. and uh, we'll see in this second season how much And or if at all we can rely on him, I think if we need if we do get a a, a top line centre back, if we do get someone like Van Dijk, uh, his game time will be cut short, and he will need to perform every minute that he gets on the pitch.
2: Okay, so obviously, clearly, remaining. um... You know, someone that you bring off the bench and, you know, for, for the cup games and stuff like that. Because so I'm sure that uh, in the center back department, there's going to be some reinforcement. Okay, um, Will, before you go off. Um, yep. Yeah, I know you're a fan of um, uh, Sadio Mane, and he's another guy that, uh, that uh, you know, debut season. Um, yeah. I think it's I think beyond everybody's question that a fan that of he Sadio did. Mane, aren't they? <laughs> Everyone's a big fan of Sadio Mane, but. Um, how well do you think he's done um, on that right side for us? Um, what's up for him next season? And do we do you think we need someone to to uh, to balance up on the on the left side as well? And, uh, and what what more can Sadio Mane bring for us?
0: I think he's been fantastic. You know that I would personally think that he's been Liverpool's player of the season simply because, you know, he offers that end product. He in terms of goals and assists, he offers a dimension to our attack that we haven't really had for several years now in terms of being a proper out and out wide player who's also a very high quality and also he's just a very enjoyable player to watch I mean but I remember at the start of the season when he first arrived we were all so excited to see him at Liverpool and in those first few Premier League games you always wanted him to be on the ball and as soon as he got the ball you're excited to see what he would do because you know he's just such a great player to watch and like I said he brings so much to the team so I do think that especially if we're We are moving Coutinho deeper in midfield, whether that's in a 4-4-2 diamond or in a 4-3-3 where that left wing role would then be left for a new player to come in. I do think we need to balance things out on the left-hand side because obviously you do have the issue of when Sadio Mane goes to AFCON, we've suddenly lost all the width in our squad. And also just to uh, stop things from becoming too put out on that right-hand side because when Coutinho played on the left wing, he did cut inside a lot. He didn't really play in the same way that Sadio Mane did on the other side. Yeah. But um, all in all, I've been very pleased with Sadio Mane at Liverpool and hopefully he can stay in injury-free next season because while we have still got top four without him, I think we could tell that we missed him a lot in a lot of games where we were grinding out results. Mm. We weren't really playing the attractive football that we were earlier on in the season and a lot of that is down to the fact that we were missing Sadio Mane. But I'm very pleased to have him at Liverpool and long may he stay here and it's also going to be exciting to see him in the Champions League as as Well, because that'll be his first taste of European football, and it'll be great to see how well he performs when doing that.
2: Fantastic! All right, thanks, Will. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, no we'll talk to you soon, and um, yeah, uh, yep. yeah, we'll get back.
0: Right. See you, everyone. See ya. Right, see yeah. ya. Cheers, thanks, right. Cheers, Will.
2: And we move on. Uh, last man to to want to run the rule over is Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum, another one of the debutants. In the sixteen seventeen season, uh, obviously the last <laughs> um, remaining figure uh, uh, image that we have of Ginny is scoring that uh, the goal, uh, that first goal uh, against Borough. Uh, what a fantastic uh, goal it was! That really get got everyone on their feet and really dispelled a lot of the anxiety. Um, how do you think our mental the the did he do in his first season in Liverpool
3: um I, I think it's been really impressive actually um no none of us knew what he was to start with okay. um, and uh, I know Vez was saying oh yeah he's had a really good game and, and Eric as well they were both saying yeah he's had a good game he's had a good game and I think I, I wrote uh, a comment on the on the website gee I, I just never knew how to rate him so I just couldn't tell what he was doing um and then over time, you watch him over time, and it, he became a really valuable link player. Um, I think that four-three-three 3 3 was all about um, strengthening up that midfield. Mm. Um, it, uh, it wasn't strong enough last year. I think that's the way Klopp saw it. And, and putting three in the midfield uh, bringing bringing Lana back made it a lot stronger. Mm. And uh, um, the uh, uh, Genie played this link role. So especially when we had uh, tough teams to play, it was a real midfield battle. And he played this fantastic. He had this ability to position himself, receive the ball, keep it moving, keep it going forwards. So uh, you know, Henderson generally isn't very adventurous with his passing at all. Yeah. Um, whereas Jeannie knows how to move it on. Um, so and and, it, and and of course, the other thing Jeannie's done is he's he's made those runs forward and scored some absolute crucial goals. Yeah. He's won us big games. You know, he broke uh, give us the breakthrough against Middlesbrough. You know, and he just—he—he uh, he seems to have a habit of scoring some very, very important goals. Yeah. Um, so, and then you can see—you can see how. Um, I mean, hopefully, we'll see more of that. But you can see how uh, he gets told to go, go, go forwards. I think he's a little bit careful about going forwards because yeah. of his defensive responsibilities. Right. Yeah. And we've had this thing more recently with uh with uh Emre and Lucas yeah. and and now Phil. They'll hold on to the ball. They won't. They won't sort of shuttle the ball yeah. along to other players. They'll hold on to the ball and try and run with it quite often. Um, so his his role was becoming more obscured there because suddenly his link role had disappeared with those midfielders around him. Right. Um, and in the middle of the game, you know, it was quite obvious that Klopp told him, right, get forwards. And we actually started doing a bit more combination play down the sides. Yeah. Uh, and that's how the goal came with him. Um, but we're doing it on both sides uh, more combination play. So that was nice to see a bit of evolution from the West Ham game. Yeah. With a bit more work around the sides, um, which we need to do to make our uh, fullbacks and our wide play more effective, because yeah. that's been pretty dire for uh, a big chunk of the year. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so I think it's it's a case of Genie being told that he can relinquish his defensive responsibilities and get forwards, yeah. so, so that he remains engaged in the game, and that's been the difficulty. Um, where having this decision to make, you know, they're not passing to me. Can I just go forwards, or do I have to stay back and defend? Mm-hmm. That's been the, t- the tough thing to deal with,
2: Jason. If you could be critical of um, Ginny a bit, then what, what would what would he need to do to make the step up next season or the next level? Um,
8: well, well, I think he, he was a he was a really consistent player over the season. I have to say that, but um, that there were one or two games where I, I felt like he he disappeared. I, I don't know if he, it was intentional. Um, Mental just mentioned um, that his role changed when Emery came into the team because he he wasn't receiving the passes that that he was from Henderson, so that could have played part. But there there were a few, and I don't think I was alone. I seem to remember uh, where we were in the you know the the match cafe and uh, people people saying where's Ginny gone? You know <laughs> we haven't seen him. Uh, in, in sixty minutes or something like that. Mm. Um, so so I think he, what one thing he could do is is try and make sure that he he's, he impacts every single game he plays. Yeah. Um, although as mentioned, he, he, he was over the season, you'd have to say is very consistent. The, the other thing I would say is that um, you don't really see him grab the game by the scruff of the neck. So if the team aren't playing well he's he's not someone like henderson or or emery who can say right that's it i'm gonna i'm gonna go and or continue you know i'm gonna go and do something to to change that the way we're playing in this game Mm -hmm. so so that would be another thing for me um what can he do if if the team's not playing well rather than sort of hiding in the game how can he go excuse me jason
7: the game. Yeah. I, I just want to cut in here for a second which one of those three uh, Coutinho Emre or Henderson was like that in his first season at the club
8: what do you oh yeah yeah absolutely um, in, in the first season of C- well possibly, possibly Coutinho uh, I it's yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. The question I was asked is, what can he do next season? Mm. Um, and that that would be what I think he needs to do next season to improve. Yeah, so, yeah and
7: I, I really think he will. I, 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 don't,
8: think. I don't think he's had a bad season at all. Um, right, yeah, yeah. you know, I not, think yeah. he's actually been really good. But sure. if, if, you, if you're asking him to improve next season, yeah. and every he's probably going to have a lot more competition, so he's. He's going to have to step up, and those would be the things I think he needs to do.
7: And just one more question, Jason, uh, about that thing where you say that in certain games he went missing. Uh, do you remember which part of the season that was?
8: In the... Yeah, uh, pro- probably in the, the last few games. And um, I-, I think... Yeah. But well, one yeah. of the things for him is that he, he had a very heavy workload this season. I mean I, I don't wanna I don't wanna be too critical exactly. yeah. of him. It, that's, was, that's it exactly was it was it was Yeah, I I think him he he along with um Klein and Milner really could have done with a rest at yeah, certain yeah. point Played in the season. So I think, football, think yeah. those three players got through a hell of a lot of football. And yeah. to be honest, they were the it's ones really who were really getting criticised at times as well. And mm. it's a bit harsh. Yeah, I think what
5: I think what you I think sorry Vest, let me cut in there for a little while. I think what we've got to understand, what Ginny brings to the table, in terms of his link play, in terms of, of how he gels, makes the team gel and keeps the ball moving. He's not a type of player that's going to get the ball and drive at the opposition a Lara no, or no. a Chan. Yeah. Ginny's attacking sense is his runs and his timing into the box. Uh, and to get into those goal-scoring positions. Now, when we had the injuries, we didn't have the Mane, we didn't have certain Lalanas to feed him those balls. So, if he did make those runs, he wasn't getting the delivery. So, he did become a little bit uh, sort of anonymous against the lower sides when we just dominated possession. However he was a critical part of that 4-3-3 against the top half of the table holding that midfield together and and as you say he scored some
2: critical goals as well yeah yeah yes he did yes he did okay um so um, these are the guys that, um, the guys that um, their debut season and as you can see what well, we spend sixty-sixty-two million, sixty-two million 62 million pounds on these five players and Easily, eighty percent of them, you know, are the mainstay of our of our team, you know, with Ginny uh, Mane, uh, Matip, and for those who didn't really make that mark, Karius, we know he's already uh, a, a guy for the future, you know, and no one's given up on him. Clavin, uh, yeah, a bit divided, uh, but knowing that he fits into that, okay, as that option that you bring from the bench, uh, you know, when you need him. So without, with, 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 just looking at these five guys, it shows that actually it's quite decent um, uh, transfer activity. So uh, more of the same then, more of the same, uh, but perhaps with higher price tags attached to them this summer. We still.
5: I actually don't care about the price tag. Yeah, it's true, if, right? If, actually, if yeah. Can, if if yeah if we can bring in another five Mane's yeah. of that quality yeah. at thirty odd million, <laughs> I'll be I'll be happy. Yeah. You know you know in terms of the impact that Mane had, yeah. so, uh, you know if it cost us thirty to forty million exactly. and that's what we get, yeah. uh, bring him on every day. You can forget the seventy million Griezmanns of the world. Uh, <laughs> Mane was a brilliant buy. Yeah. Uh, so if that's the quality that Klopp can identify and bring in,
2: yeah. uh, I'll be happy. Yeah, I think a lot of us will be. We'll be
8: quite happy, and let's not forget that Matip was free as well. Matip was I mean, free, yeah,
2: exactly.
5: But,
8: but these are exactly the quality of players that we need next season. I mean, we can make, if if you think this is what we can get with no European football, we should be really uh, excited about what we can what we can get this summer with Champions League football. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I know we, we talk about the Griezmanns and so on. Maybe we can't get that. That type of signing, but absolutely. If we can get several players at Mane and Matip's level, or even slightly above that, then we'll really be going somewhere next season. Yeah, here's something
5: interesting for you guys. So, sorry, Christian, and this is where you come in and you can confirm this for me. The most prop spent at Dortmund was on 23 odd million on um, our he got Hummels in for 3.57, Lewandowski in for 4 million. He got Gudongan in for 4.65, Reese for 14 million, and Aubameyang in for 11. So if he can get find that type of talent, taking inflation into account between the 20 and 40 million, mm-hmm. if he can identify those type of players for Liverpool, I'll, I'll be very chuffed.
6: Yeah, that's right. But... But the base, base for that was diff, totally different. Uh, Klopp was never under pressure to to win uh, to win the the Bundesliga title because nobody expected that from this uh, awful mid-table, uh, yeah, average team that Dortmund was when Klopp started there. And with Liverpool and its heritage and this this um, yeah this pressure from all sides to to finally win the title, win the title, win the title. <laughs> it's so crazy. He has to get there very soon, very quick, and I think everyone at management level and above has now realized that he has to step on the pedal there. He cannot act there any longer like with Dortmund, so he has to step yeah, and uh, accelerate the process, and that's yeah. why they have to target at 50 million pound players now instead of 5 million. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't got the time, so he has to, to uh, achieve, and achievement there is... Um, yeah, get some, some titles, yeah? yeah, anything like that to justify.
2: Yeah, yeah. Am I correct with that? Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. All right, okay. We're... I would like to mention... Yeah, 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 go ahead, yeah. There is one thing I would like to mention about this, this, this transfer success we had in an area which is not so exciting because he doesn't score goals straight away. It's about Martip. Martip was always considered a good defender here in the Bundesliga.
4: Right.
6: But he was never considered outstanding. He was never in the focus of anyone. Like like Jérôme Boateng, for example, from Bayern Munich,
2: right.
6: who was considered how good he is and how outstanding and top class and world class. No one ever said that about Martin. Right. Or like Alaba. Yeah. yeah. Also from Munich. Nobody said that. So it's interesting how much we feel he has improved our defense with his this this not world class player coming in
5: mm-hmm.
6: on a free so it it, it shows how absolutely shite our defense was
5: mm-hmm.
6: yeah i was just about to say that it's because Absolute our defense was so shy. shit yeah yeah yes.
8: yeah, yeah okay but the fact that milner the fact that milner has probably been better than anyone we've had at left back for quite a long time. Um you, you could even you could even argue you could even argue he out outperformed Klein this season in, in his not natural position where where he has to cross with his right foot and everything, you know. So yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right.
2: <laughs> I think there was a sharp drop off of Millie's performances as well. But um yeah he's he's I think uh, to be fair performing in that role and playing so much. Uh he's got to cut him some slack as well okay we're just going to go for a short musical break we'll be right back with the forecast 25 um, this next piece is going out to you Eric if you're listening so enjoy that
1: on uh, 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 uh. Uh. Oh, your mark ready set let's go Dance ball, bro. I know you know I go psycho when my new joint hit Just can't sit, gotta get jiggy with it That's it, now, honey, honey, come ride T-K-M-Y, all up in my eyes You gotta, try to, bag with a lot of
2: stuff in it Give it to your friend, let's spin hey by looking at me, glancing at the kid Wishing they was dancing at jig Here with this handsome kid So Eric, I hope you're really getting jiggy with it While we're here talking about so football so I
8: banged my head <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we've made it into the Champions League. Okay, what should be our objective for next season? What do you think we should be doing? Keith?
5: Okay, our objective for next season is obviously solidifying that top four spot. Um, and and, and that will be an easy, uh, easier feat than this year. With 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 Klopp's sort of understanding, better understanding of the Premier League Mm -hmm. and how to take the sort of the bus parkers or the what we call it the the lower half of the table, I think we won't drop as many points against those teams uh, as we did this year. Let's face it, we were we were the best of the top eight teams mm. uh, in terms of results against each other. So we just have to continue along that route. Yes, all the other teams are going to to, to get better, yeah. uh, but, but they can only put 11 players on the on the pitch. And let's face it, City's 11 players, Chelsea's 11 players, United and Arsenal's 11 players, you know, are good players on their day mm. regarding uh, if you take away any injuries or anything like that. Yeah. So they can't get more Players on the pitch than, than than we can get in terms of the best eleven. So I think we should, we match up really really well with them. Um, I think we're going to have a good run in the in the Champions League because I think the European style will suit our, our style of play a lot better. Mm-hmm. So so for 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 me, there's a, the the goal next season yep. is 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 solidifying that top four and 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 getting closer to the pinnacle, if not having being in with a shout at the end of the season. Whether whether we take that final hurdle will will depend a lot on a, a little bit of luck, a bit with injuries, a little bit of luck with form and everything like that, and a bit of couple of decisions going our way. Because that's what it's going to take next year, because I think it's going to be a really, really tight prim, or I think six teams are going to be in with a shout next year. That's how tight it's going to be. The youngsters in the FA Cup and the League Cup, along with the squad players... Bringing them through and making them step up a notch, and then, uh, then again, and then uh, a really good run in the Champions League. Uh, I, I'm looking really looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, if um, Huddersfield win it, you know. <laughs>
5: uh, yeah. <laughs> when is the
2: playoff? I think is it is it, is it this weekend? Uh,
5: it's been, is it yes, it's, yeah, it should be a, a Sunday or something like that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
2: yeah. You never know, right? <laughs> Okay. Um, so, Vez, what, how far do you think we should be... Of course, we should treat every competition seriously. I mean, after all, we are at Liverpool and we spent... Oh, we still have to get through the qualifiers, first and foremost. So, um, let's not count our chickens before they hatch. Um, but assuming we go through that, okay, um, and we get to the group stages, um, what, what's next for us? for us? Do you think we should really look to go all the way there should be a target okay if we make it past a certain round that would be should be considered success or or what how do you see this best
7: well there's no reason for us not to go not not to try to go all the way so but we need to keep realistic and if we fail to go all the way yeah i think getting into the second round would be okay okay not a big success but okay uh a quarter-final, semi-final, I think that that's that's quite enough for, for this season. Uh, personally, I'd like us to to focus more on the league and try to win it if it's possible at all. And I believe it is. I believe it is, and I believe Klopp will get his business right this summer and that we will be in yeah. with a proper shot for the, for the Premier League title. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's one question that I wanted to to ask everybody here. Uh, I think it was Jason who said that that we we can't get players like Griezmann, right? And uh, yet he's still being linked to to Manchester United. I'd just like to hear your thoughts on what is it that makes a player like Antoine Griezmann. Consider moving to Manchester United and not consider moving to Liverpool. And is it only money? And if it is money, are we talking about his own wages or are we talking about something else?
3: Availability, <laughs> well, part of it. <laughs> they,
7: they've
8: got. I, I think. can they've got something like twice the revenue of the nearest competition in the, in the Premier League. It's, they've got a huge advantage. Um, I think that's that's mainly what it can, and also relatively recent success as well. If you think about it, they've had two pretty poor seasons and they've won three cups. Yeah,
7: I seems- don't
5: think th- I. I, I what, what, do you know what the, the overriding factor is? United will spend seventy, eighty, ninety million buying Griezmann. Do you understand? So so. Uh, and then there he go will accept that price. Uh, then Liverpool come in with 50, United coming with 70, they're going to accept United and then they're going to throw bigger
7: wages at him. So, but so Keith, y- Keith, hold on just a second. If Liverpool, for example, came out with 70 and Manchester United also came out with 70, who
5: do you choose, think- he, he, He'll Christmas. choose Liverpool.
7: But
8: would we we then pay 300000 a week in wages? That's the other thing as well. I mean, uh, United have done that a few times now.
5: I I promise you, Mourinho is getting a reputation for shit football, for falling out to his players, criticising his players. And and, and the the, the brand of football that he's playing is dour. Uh, He really is, his reputation, even the United supporters are getting on his back at this stage, despite winning three Cups. Uh, so do you want to go and play? I mean, when you get players of the ilk of Hazard coming out and saying that you, you Mourinho plays anti-football, it goes a long way to players that want to want to play decent football. So I, I think, you know, we've got to be careful um, when we say, oh, yeah, they'll go to United because they'll throw money at them. Sometimes, you know, p- players want to, want to play for a certain manager as well. And, and, and Klopp, uh, Klopp has got a good pulling power. So I don't think we should sell ourselves short.
7: Yeah, so, so to sum up, is it about the money mainly or mostly or
6: all the way? Or is there something else? Well, in my opinion, when, when someone right now chooses Manchester United over Liverpool, it's entirely based on money. Exactly. 100%. I mean, I saw big parts of this, this, this Europa League final, and it's such a shite sort of football. It's so bang average what Manchester United delivers in a European final. I mean, they were still better than Ajax, I have to say, yeah. because they showed more composure, and Ajax looked like a green, yeah, youngster team. Who yeah. didn't know what to do, but um, it was really—it was not worth the European final. And if anyone, like uh, at the statue of, of um, Antoine Antoine Griezmann, chooses to go to Manchester United, moving away from Atlético Madrid, that is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It is just about the fucking money, and he gets a—it's its a fort, he will earn a fortune there, and uh, nothing else can be the reason.
8: Well, a thought just yeah. struck me actually. What What about celebrity um, at, at United? Uh, because they've got this huge hype machine and everything like that. You know, I mean, uh, but they are the they are the biggest club in the country now, and that you know, but from the media's point of view and everything, that I, I think if you go and play for United, it does raise your profile. No,
5: mm, uh, I, I that that that, that I don't say- buy. I don't buy that. Uh, Liverpool is as recognisable as United uh, in terms of that. Klopp is such a charismatic character. Um, I, I can't see his profile being any bigger at a United over a Liverpool.
3: Well, I think I think the operation when you're at United, I think the operation is very much more commercially based. The whole thing is, is about is about that global reach. You know, these huge sponsorship contracts. And there's a few of the players who also tap into that. I mean, Hogwarts was the classic example, right? Yeah, they paid 900 million. It's,
8: it's a difference. In, to, uh, they're a bit like Real Madrid in, yeah, in that F, say, exactly. uh, respect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Exactly. Um, yeah, but I'm not sure whether that trying to, aiming to be Real Madrid in, in the Premier League is. Uh, is possible? I mean, there's no, They don't have that the luxury of that total dominance that they would have, or lesser number of uh, uh, clubs that could challenge. You know, uh, any number of teams could beat anyone else on a given day, uh, on a weekend. Uh, but yeah, but if they come to, if they come, if they go to, if they go to Manchester United based on money, yeah, definitely. So they can throw money at, the, at these guys. But um, are they then the pinnacle? I would say no. They are they not the pinnacle? You know. They would rather go to uh, yeah Liverpool right now at least the project is is a lot more um, interesting. Okay, um,
3: the pinnacle, pinnacle of dog shite douchebags.
2: Yeah, in that sense, yeah, they are the the, the top of the top of that heap. I guess.
3: Now what a smelly heap it is. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> When we talked about, earlier about the step-up that needs to be made, how important is it for this team to actually win a trophy? Any trophy, even a Mickey Mouse one. Christian?
6: Well, it, it, it creates confidence. It creates confidence that they can achieve what the, the public and the club expect of them because they all know that in, within a certain timely distance, they, they, they should deliver trophies. It's part of the club's philosophy and message and heritage as well, of course. And um, when there is an opportunity and they miss it, and then there's another opportunity and they miss it again. Mm. So then uncertainty creeps in. And this is exactly what, what Klopp himself said uh, a couple of days ago, that, that um, if there was anything lacking, it was a lack of confidence yeah and this confidence has to be built and this and there's a lot of confidence coming in through winning trophies in between even if it's only the league cup mm-hmm. and that would greatly help them that's not the only way of building confidence yeah. but it's it's a very good way of doing that and also to uh, get release of some pressure yeah. yeah to get rid of some some of the pressure the public builds up so uh, losers and yeah Klopp losing cup all his cup finals and all this this misleading shit that is spread around um yeah, to get a little bit rid of that pressure it, it would greatly help yeah. but it's not it's not the key solution to any of the problems who have to be solved in order to get back to the top of the uk football
2: yeah
5: um, how many how many cups did he win in germany uh, in terms of the not, i'm not talking about the, the bundesliga uh, what, how many cups did Klopp win with Do- Dortmund uh, in
6: Germany? Yeah, the, only, the yeah. only cup that really makes sense is the DFB Pokal, the, the, which is the mm-hmm. the only cup competition you have in the Bundesliga. And he uh, won okay. that against against um, Munich in the same with the five two victory in the same year. He won the second Bundesliga title yeah. back to back. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's- you know, it's it, it's um, interesting. You said uh, confidence, Christian, because way back in um, March of last year, uh, before we played uh, against the Saints, um, in the pre-match conf- uh, pre-game conference, uh, t- uh, press conference, uh, Klopp um, referred to uh, Liverpool's confidence as a little flower. Little flower. This, this is actually what he said. I'm just going to play this.
6: Yeah. Yeah. That's not much. Right it's that. That says. That says you a lot. Right on. Let me just try it and... tells you a lot about uh, how he, how, how he saw the situation at that point of view, right. half a year after he, he stepped in. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm just going to. I'm just going to. Yeah, play this.
6: Yeah.
1: Uh, the problem with confidence is a little bit that it's. Just, I'm not sure that I said it before, but it's a, a little flower. And if you step on it, it's away in a second. It's much more difficult to let it grow and to, um, yeah, let it die. And um, so, uh, yeah, it, it gives us a lot. It, it, it should give us a lot, but we have to see what what, it, um, um, what will happen in, in in the next days. But of course, it's not it's not only about confidence. It's it's more about a uh, feeling more and more trust in our way of playing so we have
2: so okay so you talked about liverpool's little flower of confidence and he also talked there and there about uh, having trust in the way they play another thing that he talked about um he addressed um after that uh well not that uh the the year before okay uh, again um coincidentally enough was after the game against saints again okay um, where yeah, it's a one it's a one one draw against the Saints, um, and he in the in the post match conference he said something about uh, he addressed this topic of mentality. Um, and, and basically, he said that you know um, Liverpool players must not let their their heads drop after after conceding. This is this is what, what he said.
1: It's so not that we stopped our game physically, but um, we didn't believe anymore that we, that we can turn this game, switch this game, change this game, whatever the result, and um, that's a problem, that's why we are not um, calm enough in the moments when we have the chances, when we have the last pass and so on. I, I really, I don't understand this pressure in this moment, but the guys feel it. So, <laughs> um, you can see this, and that's the thing, because we, they work so hard, they're full of concentration, they're full of readiness, full of passion, everything is there. and got one goal, received one goal, and it felt like the end of the world, and it's not the end of the world.
2: Okay. So, he talked about mentality there, letting the head drop. Uh, He also talked about this little flower of confidence. Um, We've also seen some bits of that um, rear their heads, uh, well, a lot of it, actually, this season as well, particularly against, uh, against teams from the bottom half of the table. Um, but if you were to look at confidence versus ability versus mentality, okay, um, which one do you think we need to address uh, uh, most urgently, uh, apart from transfers and all of this thing, okay? Um, between confidence and mentality, which do you think is more important to address before we kick off next season? Keith?
5: I think if you look at our successful teams of the past, we never gave up. I saw us in the 70s and 80s. We we scored goals right at the end, in the 89th minute, the 91st minute. Mm-hmm. I think if we need to step up anything, uh, uh, I think it's that mentality that we had when we played Dortmund uh, at home uh, in in the Europa uh, semi-final the last last year. That we just didn't give up. Uh, I think what happened this year. What coincided in the cups? We we were going through that dip. We had the injuries. We had Mane away, and we were going through sort of the final stages of the cup competitions where we 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 weren't. We lacked confidence and 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 that strong mentality to get over it. So I think it's that. uh, If you've got that strong mental belief, the confidence will come from that as well. So I think it's that. Just building little building blocks all the time getting into the, the top four will give them that much more confidence and that more stronger belief that they can do it and they can work on it and build from there. So I think it'll be a combination of
3: both of those.
2: Okay. Um, Mento, what, what what's your perspective on this?
3: Um, there's, there's been some interesting things said. I mean, Adam Lallana and James Milner have both mentioned, you know, strengthening the squad work in the summer. Yeah. You know i think they know that they're a little light at the moment and they need that strength uh, that depth um i think you know everything things have to come together don't they to achieve what you need so you need to have the depth you need to have the belief you need to know that yes we can do this and feel confident about it and then the mentality to actually execute i mean you know there's there's been games and or goals that where we've just been lazy bastards and yeah. conceded much too easily. You know, the Palace game was a disgrace. Absolutely ridiculous, that game. Um, and just people just switching off and not reading the most basic things in a in a, in a, a game against Aladici, you know, and his mesmerising tactics. Um, so there's there's a, there's a few things that have to come together. And uh, so mentality is a big thing for me. But you can't, just say uh be more mentally strong yeah. yeah you have to have the things like those last two games where we changed formations and found new solutions for doing things yeah. um west Ham, we kind of cut into ribbons and then middlesbrough we started playing more combination play out wide so you have to have the solutions as well <laughs> that to help build the confidence that yeah. you can do this you're able to do this so it's kind of a combination really bring it together you add that depth in there as well that's something else you know so um if we have a good summer then we can feel quite positive about next season right um, because you know they'll feel like yes we can move forwards because we've got some really good players come in you know we can rotate because rotation is going to be absolutely critical yeah. next year you know because there's gonna be three games every eight days yeah so you know the most you can want to play players is two of those three games yeah so we need you know, that's why I really want to see a lot of bodies come in this summer, because of that. Yeah. Um, and then if he keeps working in solutions, if Clock keeps coming up with solutions, his formation changes that obviously he was reluctant to do, um, you know, it all hopefully cascades and builds on itself. And these guys stop being lazy fuckers, and Emery stops switching off in the box. and yeah. um, you know, it's all of those things have to come in together, and then you'll feel confidence. But winning trophies—it's it, important. It's a funny situation with trophies right now, because it's, it, they're really important. They're very important for the fan base, yeah. because we mark the years by what you've done in particular particular yeah. years, what, yeah. you've, what silverware you've got. Yeah. But we're we're at, we're at a point, we're at a, um, a stage in football where the domestic cups are almost entirely meaningless. Otherwise, yeah. right? Yeah. They're just a pain in the ass. They just get in the way. Um, in a lot of ways, I'd quite like to see us uh, duck out of the Champions League round about the quarter-final stage.
4: Right.
3: Um, because I want to do what Spurs did. They had a free run and they won, what, 10 out of 11 games or something running in. And if we can stop being fuckwits uh, without Europe there to distract us um, and we have some good tactical uh, innovations from Klopp, then we can have that similar running. You know, not just the last sort of eight games and fucking up a few times, mm-hmm. but the last 11 games, 10, 11 games, and uh, not fucking up.
2: So uh, so, very nice so what, it, what are your hopes for, for next season, at least in terms of uh, trophies? I mean, we've gone into the Champions League, so I'm, I'm going to ask the same question to you. How do you think we should... What should we be aiming for uh, in Europe versus domestic? Uh,
3: court finals, I think, for Europe. And the most critical thing is getting... Back into the top four again next year it's an absolute must, um, because we, we don't want to be a one-season Champions League team. We've got to break that. We've got everything, really, uh, yeah. added this summer spending. We should have everything we need to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, there's, a, there's 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 a the slight there's a, there's the slight chance, of course, that you drop out of the Champions League and end up going into the Europa League. So, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it, oh, I think it'll be quite a strong competition next year, unlike this year.
5: I must admit, I wouldn't mind picking up number six. So, you, you know, if we have a good run, have a good run finishing top four. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think, uh, mental health. How, how,
3: how very, top how four. very, very accommodating of you. How very accommodating. Yeah. <laughs>
5: <of you>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Top, top, four, top four is critical. Yeah. Top four is critical for me. And at, uh, a good cup run in any of the cup competitions, uh, I think, would would do me fine. Consolidation, top four, and a good cup run.
2: I think, Keith, um, you're probably going to throw something heavy at me right now, and I say it, because it's probably, you know, I kind of convinced you to put Liverpool at the top of the chit, <laughs> the season ratings, season predictions. Um, but you know what? I don't think we're that far off. I mean, we've got the best record against the top six. We've almost got maximum points. Almost, okay. We haven't lost against them. The only thing is, all these stupid results against teams in the bottom half of the table. If we can fix that, if Klopp can just fix that, it's like, hey, suddenly the title doesn't seem like a pipe dream anymore. We can. Nah, I'd like a top two
5: finish uh, and and challenge. That's why I say, if we can just progress, Joe. I, I I think we. You were right. You and I said we were going to challenge this year. And if we didn't have the injury and the lack of death problem against the, the bottom half of the table, we would have been up there with Spurs mm-hmm. challenging. Uh, and, and I don't think it's a stretch to say next year we could be in that top two and with a realistic challenge. Not saying we're going to get it, but a realistic challenge and, and a top two finish.
2: And with the it's presumable addition, uh, top quality additions as well, I mean, with that in mind. Yeah. 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 Okay, okay. Um, Jason, um, how important do you think uh, is it for this team to win something, anything, anything that would affirm that whatever um, they're putting in in terms of their attitude in training and their performance, all of this f- affirming that it can lead to a positive result and trophy. It's, you know how important is that?
8: Um. Well, I, I think it could be very important. I'm not. I'm not sure. I agree. I can't remember who said that the the domestic cups are completely worthless now. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, if if you can if you can win one of them, it's it's something now that Liverpool have not. Did I hear Liverpool have not won a trophy now in ten years or or something like that? Might be. Okay. Uh, when did Douglish won the League Cup, didn't he? Um, yeah, that's right. I think that was the last one. Five years ago. Five years ago, yeah. So it's it's quite a long time, anyway. Um, and um, winning winning something would be very important in in terms of confidence. And uh, know we were we were we were talking about Minule earlier, and um, I think that what one of the things that's really happened for him this this uh, particularly in two thousand seventeen has been his confidence. I think it a couple of things happened where he made some really important saves and was probably one of our better players when we went through the bad spell. And I think that really, you know, gave him gave him a bit of a push in, in terms of his performance. And I think if if we were to win a trophy, then I, I think you could see that happen for the whole squad, just in terms of that belief. So that they're not thinking, you know, can we do can we do this? It's yes, yes, we can do this because we've done it before.
5: Here's one for the team. What would you say? Top two finish, quarter-final, semi-final of Champions League, or winning the FA Cup, finishing fourth in the Prem?
2: For me, the last one.
3: Yeah, I agree, the latter.
5: FA Cup and fourth?
2: Yeah.
8: Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'll, take, I'll take yours, Keith. <laughs> uh,
5: I'll take, I, I would say top two finish and semi or quarter final in Champions League will give them far more confidence than an FA Cup final.
8: I, I think if we got semi final of the Champions League, that would be much more than I would expect us to, to achieve because, I mean, we've not been in it in a while. And if you think the last several years, it's really been dominated by the three Spanish clubs. Um, Bayern and Juventus and if you can crack in against one of those then you've really done something
2: Just Let me justify why I said uh, I chose that last option Um, For me, for for the longest time I've been saying, I've been saying this now for several seasons we just need to break the duck just need to to win something win something, win anything you know Um, we can do that it's like in sales, you know the toughest one is always the first one. If you get that first one in, okay, suddenly you find, you know, life's a lot more rosier. Future looks a lot more brighter, you know. So that's why I went for that, for that last one. So it kind of gave me the best of both worlds. I mean, the option that you gave, Keith. So it's like fourth, still qualify for Europe, still win something, affirm, affirmation of the, uh, you know, with by actually winning a trophy and an affirmation of their of the effort and the mentality that would go in in order to do that, so that's why I chose. That's why I, I, I chose. I didn't hear Ves. Uh, what, what, what would Ves choose?
7: Ves, he stop, he's still has <laughs> it, it got to be? <laughs> Ves, we will agree with Keith this time. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes yeah and i i'd say i'd be more happy with with the top the top two finish and and uh strong run in the champions league so
2: put it on I put it on the web
5: joe joe do a mm, poll mm, mm. let's see what let's see what all the four yeah, readers a good one. Yeah, think yeah.
2: that's the one yeah that's a good one yeah i can do that yeah sure um, that'll
5: be quite an interesting poll to do because it, it, it's both successes and it'll be interesting to see what our readership thinks is more important.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let, let, yeah let's, let's do that.
3: We'll figure it on, yeah. I mean, I honestly, honestly, I'm thinking three seasons. We, I don't care where we finish in the top four as long as we get Champions League for three seasons running because from a recruitment point of view, it yeah. just makes a huge difference if you are able to be a permanent Champions League team. Because yeah. I think your, your 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 squad will continue to improve if you do that, yeah. and then the challenges for exactly. everything else will come along as a yeah. byproduct of it. So I would throw everything away just to make sure I'm a Champions League team for mm-hmm. three seasons. Yeah. yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about it because Klopp will go for the. He will prioritize on, on the on the PL title anyway, because he knows everybody is after that on the Mercy side mm-hmm. and at the club, and uh, he has a big passion for. For um, for European competitions, <laughs> especially the uh, the Champions League, mm-hmm. so the, those two will be his priority. With the PL being number one and uh, CL being number two, and two, the two domestic cup cap- competitions are important for him to introduce and and um, yeah, familiarise um, the um, the youngsters with the uh, first team football. That's all. Um,
3: yeah, question uh, question for Christian. Um, is there a danger that Klopp will underestimate what we need for the squad for next season, with all with the high intensity of uh, game? No, played?
6: definitely not. There... No, no, absolutely not. I mean, he has he had one and a half seasons now, uh, more than that. Yeah, one and three quarters uh, of two seasons um, to <laughs> get punished um, weekly by the reality. Um, he he knows now exactly where the problems are. The problem is for, from his side, it's not just the financial aspect, because every mm. single player has to be paid. He has to, get the, he has to be given the chance to play somewhere to get some satisfaction in between.
4: Yeah.
6: And so he has to keep all, the, all this team happy. And the bigger he, he makes the team, the more difficult it is to, to make them all happy, despite the fact that he's very famous on being very good at that. But um, um, there is an, another thing. The more players you buy... Yeah. The more difficult it is, yeah, to to um, to make sure you get them all introduced smoothly mm. into the squad. Yeah, and that is the, his key problem. He know I think he knows very well, along with uh, Muvaj, who is indeed his tactical brain. They know exactly where where they he. They have to strengthen the squad, and they know how much uh, squad squad depth they need, assuming that they can keep the injury level fairly low. But nobody can really, um, yeah, predict that. And I think they know exactly what they have to do. But they cannot buy too many players because it's too difficult to integrate them, integrate them all, especially because um, if they have to wait. For too long for those players to turn up during during the preseason. Mm-hmm. If they turn up late, it's it's um, it's it's much much more difficult. And he has already given us a hint about uh, that, that he will not get all of those players early.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, he did. did he say he did say that you know they they want their transfer business to be done early. You know, as if uh, you, you know, if you, as much as possible, get all the players in by by July. as it the said, but. Um, I think he said that during the, after the Sydney the Sydney friendly. I'm not sure how realistic that could be and how early. He's, the funny thing is he did say that a lot of the transfer business is um, done. I uh, Don't know what that means actually. I don't think it's done. No,
5: what he means is, Joe, he's identified his first, second, third options. So he's given over the list of players. This is my first, this is my second, this is my third. If you can't get the first or the second, this is the backups. So I think he's identified everything. Now it's up to Edwards to go out and just negotiate and bring the the players in who he can. Uh, For him to come out and say, I underestimated the physicality uh, of the Prem, he knows what he needs. So he's put these plans in way a long time ago that this is the type of player he needs, this is how many he needs yeah. so so he doesn't get caught caught short again because yeah. he got caught short this
2: year yeah okay that's a that's a good um uh, way to end that point because um when we when we come back after this next break um we're going to talk about. Some of the lessons, um, uh, hard lessons and hard truths that the uh, club has had to face this season, uh, and we'll chat a little bit about how how uh, if he's actually learned from them uh, and improve uh, for next season. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Guys, as the season progressed, how well do you think Klopp has learned um, various things? Things like uh, formations, tactical setup, uh, playing against teams who you know just basically want to defend. Uh, you know, willing to surrender the ball and possession. Let us have the ball. Either uh, you come and break us down. How well do you think Klopp has learned these lessons? Uh, throughout the season? uh, Do you you see that some of these things will be uh, rectified um, for for next season? Uh, Start with this.
7: Well, we'll just have to wait and see uh, what happens next season, right? Uh, These last few games have been rather promising on that front. I think these games where these last two games where he changed formation that that, that's where where his uh, tinkering produced results give us hope give us reason to be optimistic that that, yeah he has finally learned that lesson and uh, I also hope that he has learned that that pretty football and beautiful football doesn't always give you results.
2: Is, yeah, is that, especially,
7: yeah. Especially in England, and uh, I just remember that I saw several games. And I don't follow Spanish La Liga very closely, but but I saw several games against lower opposition, several Barca games against lower opposition. Mm-hmm. and uh, those teams they just can't can't defend. They don't know how to defend. They don't know how to plant those, those two banks of four and, and that, that parking the bus approach is, is completely unfamiliar to them. And pretty football works when you play against Betis or, or, or a team like that. But when you're, when you're playing against a Burnley or, or a Bournemouth or uh, hell, even Hull City can park a bus effectively. Uh, it's much much harder, and that's something Klopp needs to learn. Okay. And I believe we have reason to 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 be optimistic that he has learned from what we've seen in these last two games, especially the, this last one against Middlesbrough. Uh, against West Ham, West Ham didn't exactly park the bus. They they tried to come out and play, and they just couldn't. But but Middlesbrough did defend and. Looked hopeful on the counterattack, and that was it. And we managed to to. I mean, that was an important goal by Alden but but uh, we were clearly up to something in regards of scoring a goal even before that. So,
2: mm. okay, oh, unbelievable. I need to pee again. But. <laughs> <laughs> Okay,
4: so
2: i got to pose the, the same question to um, uh, Jason. See what you've done to first. see what you've done to first. So, so uh, while I will go, uh, take, a, take a pee, I'll uh, pose the same question to, to Jason. Um, what do you, how well do you think uh, Klopp, Klopp is learning uh, in his first full season in the league, um, some of the mistakes that he's made? Um, how well do you think he's learned from them? Uh, what's the possibility that he could eliminate some of these uh, errors? Uh, for next season go
8: I'm I, I was I was thinking about this while um, while Vez was talking and um, my first thought was that it took him too long to make a tactical change after we lost Mane that it almost seemed to be too slow to to react that the team couldn't carry on playing in the same formation in the same way that it, that it was and that the players started to lose confidence but then thinking about it a bit further, um, I, I think that period we hit over Christmas. I do actually agree with Klopp that um, if if you talk about your your lines of, of players, then losing Henderson from your midfield, Matip from your um, defence, and Mane from your attack as as probably your, your your three most important players from from each line and to to suddenly lose all of them and then Coutinho got injured as well he's you know our, our best player it's 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 almost unheard of that um to to have an injury crisis like that so so I actually have a lot of sympathy and also i do, I do think he changed tactics um we we went much more defensive um Okay. around about March it's just that so we started grinding out results it wasn't very good to watch but
4: yeah.
8: perhaps if, if we'd switched to the diamond then we we could have um we we could have done slightly better than than we did even mm. um I, I really don't know what we what what we could have done differently in the, that january period i mean I, I'm sure there's some certain was there I forget which game it was. Now, after the after the city game, um, where we got a draw, and I don't think he, I don't think he rotated for that game. Maybe, maybe something he needs to learn for next season is, um, you know, with the midweek games, you you need to to rotate when you are playing two or three games in a week. That that would probably more more than the tactical changes. I, I think that is going to be probably the thing he's going to have to learn next season. I think he likes to to set up the teams. It's...
2: Oh, sorry, Jason, what were we saying?
8: <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, I think he likes to set up the teams so that it doesn't change very much and it's nice and settled and they're in a rhythm, they know the formation they're playing in. But um, I think, given the nature of the Premier League, combined with playing midweek games in Europe and the domestic cups. He's simply going to have to rotate next, next season to keep the players fresh. Yeah. That, that, more than any tactical in, innovation, I think will be the most important thing, as well as adding an extra pacey player to the front line so that if you do lose Mane, then you've got someone else to do the same job.
2: Mm-hmm. Christian, how well do you think um, Klopp responded to uh, tactical, the need for tactical change? Christian,
6: hello. I'm sorry. I had, to, <laughs> I had to. I had to. I had to. Had to fold away my 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 mic, my mic, microphone. Okay. Um. I think um he has started to 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 put in tactical changes which worked very well as soon as he realized what he had to do. So, <laughs> so it was a, okay, was a bit difficult. Enough. He still had to learn. And I think it took him a long time, due to those massive injuries coming in, which he had to deal with, and and these um, ever-changing starting eleven, which he had to deal with, and so this technical thing breaking down um, um, deep-sitting bus-parking teams that took him longer than what, what was good for us, yeah, for for our our points. Uh, for a point um, point tally, mm-hmm. and I think now it came late, but it came. Um, the team has picked up, or con- well, built confidence as well because they realized somehow they can do it. Yeah, mm. and this this sort of confidence was was lacking much more than than any sort of of of, um, of uh, confidence they would have needed against the big teams. Mm-hmm. That all worked quite well. It did not work uh, well against United because we couldn't beat them yeah. we didn't lose but we couldn't beat them either. Yeah. but all other teams we were quite okay against and played very well mm-hmm. and um this 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 uh, this learning experience came late, but it came and it will last through to pre through pre season and also into next season yeah. with the reinforcements coming in uh, with additional confidence uh, built up by the reinforcements and feeling stronger than ever mm-hmm. under Klopp. And um, that will greatly help us. But it took a, long, a lot of time.
2: Okay, so what, what so what you're saying essentially is that um, he took a while to figure out what he needed to change. And when Very actually, long. Yeah, and when he yeah. actually figured what, what needed to change, he didn't actually have the, the right resources at hand to, to make that change as effectively as he he'd wanted. And that when he eventually come to that point... Um, we we were towards the end already, so that's essentially what
6: happened, right? <laughs> yes, exactly right. And the pressure, there was so much pressure. It would have been much easier if it uh, it could have occurred earlier in the season. Okay. You could see from the faces the the relief when they when they scored. When whilst we were talking now for the last hour or so, uh, I've watched uh, the highlights again um, against Borough. And the, re- the huge relief when they scored, I mean, there's so, there was so much pressure on them. Mm. You could feel them in the last games before. Yeah. Um, no more experiments. And it was all extremely, yeah, down, going down to the wire. Yeah. Um, it, it came too late. Yeah. It still helped. It still saved us. But it would have been much easier if it could have occurred earlier.
2: Right, right. Okay, uh, just I'm seeing a, t- a message from Vez. Uh, he said that, Griezmann tweeted about an hour ago that all the rumours are unfounded and that his future direction hasn't been decided yet. Griezmann is such an idiot. He's such an idiot. Just about a week ago, he gave an interview, I think to a French paper or something, and he, when, when the reporter asked him about his link with Manchester United, he replied sixty uh, 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 6 over 10, he rated, that the rumour could be true. Or you know that he could be moving. He said like, he's feeding the media with such such quotes, and then now he comes and tweets this thing. I don't understand. Well, he said
3: the actual uh, what hasn't United what hasn't Authority. been uh, what hasn't been reported though is uh, he said oh he said uh, yeah, uh, yeah it's probably a six out of ten for the transfer, mm. but it's a seven out of ten for staying, is what he actually
6: said. <laughs> okay, but no, one has had, no one no one wanted that.
3: to report that. Yeah, it was,
8: it's I
6: think he has he has he has come uh, uh, seen he has seen this come playing s- such an utter shite in the <laughs> European League final and um, maybe has his agent has has, has now had to <laughs> do some additional talks and that's why he turns the whole thing around and keeps it open just just to prepare the next step away from from this uh, fucking United.
2: That's something. <laughs> no,
6: no, 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 don't get. I mean, that was some, some bullshit for... talk. Now I know, yeah. <laughs> and I'm German, so I'm not even very, very proper at that. But imagine we had this discussion about 15 minutes ago <laughs> or 20 minutes ago about elite, elite players
4: yeah.
6: looking for yeah to to play very well, or are they looking after money or whatever? But imagine an Antoine Griezmann, yeah, as a, as a, as a striker was getting such a shite... Sort of service on the pitch, time and again, and then he will be made responsible by the United supporters for not scoring. I mean, I wouldn't. I if I was Griezmann, and I'm not Griezmann, I, I admit, I admit it <laughs> freely. But I, if I was Griezmann, I would not like to end up in a situation where I'm made the scapegoat, yeah, for such a Crap team, and then Mourinho comes along, yeah, and and, <laughs> and bashes me yeah, in every single post-match press conference because I'm <laughs> such a such a sort of guy, yeah, and I'm too expensive, and I don't have to earn my money and my sport, and blah blah.
3: Yeah. But then, but then, but then you've got Simeone, who, you know, plays that defensive game as well. So I mean, you could argue that it's actually. Uh, a style he's used
6: to, yeah, that's right. But uh, Simeone is a fantastic coach who got all his team behind him. Um, I mean atletico was was limited, but they did what what they did, they did extremely well and got very far with it. and United is such a shy to visit to to see and to watch. um I, I, I wouldn't want as an elite player. Even with much money being on the table, I wouldn't want to play for them because the, the way they have to play, I mean, you still have to endure that at a, as, a, as, a, as a player. You want to play well. Mm. You want to enjoy your play, what you're doing there. Otherwise, you cannot get, get to your limits.
2: Um, yeah,
6: true.
2: Like he's that, always um... said,
3: Griezmann, he's always said he didn't want to, he's never wanted to leave Spain. I mean, he, he loves it there. He talks to his dogs in Spanish. You know, for years and years, he uh, had no interest in leaving Spain. Is he that, is he, that, like, is that he might, might entertain in... going to PSG one day. Is what is what once he, when he was young, it's yeah. just because he's French, right? But uh, I'll be impressed yeah, if, never... his
5: dog, if his dog answers him in Spanish. I'll be more impressed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, I was just—I was trying to say—is Lacazette transfer um, to, La to Atlético confirmed? <laughs> is he confirmed that he's going to Atlético, Lacazette? I think
7: well, he's I talked about it. Hasn't he? I've read reports that uh, um, Jean-Michel Ola hmm. said that that uh, Lacazette had agreed <laughs> to terms with with Atlético.
2: Wow, that's. But
7: but those are only reports. I haven't.
2: Still, right, that, that's some reliable. That's some uh, that's some forward line there. It's quite fearsome, that.
7: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is actually. But um, now I, I'm I'm seeing something else here. It seems that uh, about this Griezmann business.
4: Yeah.
7: It seems that a rumor had broken out about him also agreeing personal ter- terms with Manchester United, and that's why he
2: came oh, forward. Oh right. To- okay.
7: To say no, no, no—that
2: kind of offended his sensibilities, you know. Like, no way, <laughs> don't link me with them this way. I can't believe <laughs> him. I
3: can't blame him. Did Did you love the? I love the way Mourinho immediately parked the uh, uh, the other bus in uh, Edward Ed Woodward's courts. Court, um,
2: yeah, that's right. Yeah, I saying, saw that.
3: yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, he yes, says, yes. I'm going yes. on holiday. It's nothing to do with me now. Ed Woodward knows the 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 players, the things we need. Uh, you he, know, it was just, it was so blissful. Yeah. like saying to the entire world fan base, if it doesn't happen, it's his fault. He really is the death
2: <laughs> of football, you know, he really is the death of football. <laughs> I mean, what, how how much of a douchebag do you need to be to come out and say that poets don't win, you know, trophies? I mean, it's really such a douchey thing to say. He excels at that. Oh, my God.
8: <laughs> it's not done such a bad job there in the last few seasons. If, if their ambition is signing big names, I mean, they've got Di Maria and Falcao and Ibrahimović and Pogba. So Mourinho, well, doesn't need to wind his neck in, doesn't he really? This, I mean,
2: this moron parks his bus against a, as a young team, a, a, an academy team, almost uh, in, in the eyes of um, some of the bigger clubs. I mean, I think eight, easily eighty ninety percent of the of the lads at Ajax probably taking the A levels next week. Jeez,
6: mm-hmm. yeah, no kidding. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah, and yeah. and is jumping around, rolling around, rolling around the grass with his um, with his son. After I mean, I guess it's a nice thing, uh, father and son celebrating. was like you know, but he seems to have a proclivity for trying to poke things on the pitch as well. You know, you see that thing rolling around. Uh, what a, what a moron. But, um, okay, <laughs> coming back to this again. Any other interesting tweets, Vez? No. no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
5: um, Here, here's a good one. Eric okay. scored, so he's most improved player at Liverpool at the moment. He's <laughs> just scored.
2: He, he did get jiggy with it then. <laughs> what do you think um, Klopp needs to, to um, work on further and improve next season, uh, Keith?
5: I think it was—I mean, as, as, as experienced as Klopp was and is—I think it was a big eye-opener in terms of of what he experienced in the Prem, and I th- and I and I think he 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 will get his rotation better, he will get his formations better, and I think he will change the team up better than he did this year. Mm-hmm. I just found it very frustrating when everybody in his dog knew we needed a change and he just didn't want to make that change. But I can see all these things happening a little bit better next year. Uh, so I have no doubt that he's going to identify the right players to come in. Mm. I have no doubt that we'll have a a, a much better and deeper squad uh, in terms of, when I say better better in terms of uh, of um, substitutions, better in terms of options mm-hmm. going forward. Because our first first 11 was pretty good mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, how they played this year. But I think he will be more astute in yeah. the formations, how he sets up the teams against the weaker teams, how he rests players and rotates players. I think he didn't have the luxury of doing that this year. So, Overall, I think it will be a big step up from both Deb's depth, uh, the depth of the squad, as well as the, uh, the experience from Klopp's side in terms of managing it as well.
2: Okay, okay, okay. fair enough. Okay, um, let's do this. Um, who do you think, in your opinion, was our best player this season? Uh, Ves? Continue. Continue. Uh, Keith?
5: Oh, Mane, by a long shot. He was the bright spark for me. Uh, everybody moaned why we paid this much for him and everything. He came in like a breath of fresh air. And for me, he was the player of the season for Liverpool.
2: Christian?
6: Totally agree with Keith this time. Money OK. Must be a shock for you. But Mane was the best player. It was not by a long shot, but he was. OK. Uh, oh, okay. don't do it, Vince. Don't do it, Vince. No, Keith would be unbearable. <laughs> Coutinho had a lot of bad games, and within his, even within the games where he scored or played was influential in in some goals. Coutinho had a lot of bad scenes where he overlooked um, better positioned uh, teammates, was too selfish, running into defenses, losing possession, etc., etc. I mentioned it a couple of times um, before um, in uh, earlier podcasts, and I would like to mention it again. Coutinho was outstanding in some in some ways, but he was very average in some others where he still has to improve. And Mane was mostly outstanding.
7: Okay. On the other hand, Christian, when Mane got injured and and was out, it was Coutinho who grabbed the reins and took the team to, to that next level. And he, mm. actually, he is the one that got us over the line. So... That's why I'm going for him. There's no doubt that Mane is the signing of the season. And yeah, he sure. has been a, a great surprise. And that is a valid point that Keith makes about how people moaned about his price tag and stuff like that. And he, he proved all of them wrong. Yeah, he's a brilliant player. But but I think uh, all those bad games that you mentioned mostly came after that injury of, of his Okay. when he just needed some time to, to get back on track. And once he got back on track, he's been brilliant again.
2: OK. Um, Jace, your best player?
8: Well, uh, I'm I'm going to try and uh, uh, go, go for a slightly different angle. So I, I probably think it is Marne, to be honest, but I, I'm just going to raise a suggestion. If Henderson hadn't got injured, he was getting uh, Kante-like figures in the first half of the season. Uh if we would have maintained uh, sure, a title yeah. challenge then he certainly would have been in with a shout as well.
2: Sure. Yeah, yeah, good one. Okay. Yeah, yes, yes, it is, yeah. Um Mental, your your player of the season.
3: Um it'd be hard to disagree with any any of the choices. Um so I'm gonna give a shout out for uh who the person who had been our resident fuckwit miggs <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> okay player no, of no, the season
5: now for me for me miggs was definitely the most improved player of the season yeah okay l- yeah hold yeah, on l- l- finish
2: yeah. that mental
8: yeah
5: yeah,
2: no, just, just, yeah I, I think
3: he was good all the way through the season i mean he didn't warrant being dropped the way he was caris could have probably done with a bit of a gentler introduction um uh, you know, I don't think he was poor in the first half of the season and then was good in the second half. Uh, I think he was good all the way through and he just seemed to get stronger. And he saved us a bunch of times. Now, people will say, um, well, he's just doing his job. But I mean, he, he, he did make uh, some really cr- critical saves, mm. um, uh, especially in that run-in. That run-in was a bit of a gamble or it was a bit of a, a decision by Klopp to go a certain way because of what he had to work with and the opposition we had yeah. to deal with. Um, and uh, and he's saved our asses a couple of times when um, you know our our dickhead <laughs> players were, were switching off again and <laughs> just not doing the basic jobs and, and getting us into trouble. Yeah. So uh, um, and it's one of the things we have to deal with. Is the opposition still manages to create some very high quality chances against us, yeah. um, even though they don't create many of them. So that's one as a big thing we have to improve on next year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so mix can't get player of the season you know really but he deserves a mention okay, okay. Um, Fair the Marley nice. thing I think you just have to say that we'd lost all the pace in the team once Sterling had gone and once I had gone out the door as well yeah. that was it we just had no pace in the team and that's just desperate in, a, in the Premier League to have no pace is, yeah. well, in football, world football generally you've got to have some pace and you has got to be it's, you can't have a, a Navas right you can't have a Townsend or a Navas type pace it's, it's got to be intelligent pace or chaotic maverick pace, you know, because uh, Mane definitely has that Suarez in him, where he just does nuts, nutty things. But he uh, so he's fast and dangerous, rather than just being fast. And um, so I, I yeah, I kind of, I guess, I really have to give it to him.
2: Okay, Um Vez, I'm actually in your corner on this one. Um, I think if um, I was actually leaning towards Mane as player of the season, oh, I mean obviously, I mean, he's such a great uh, talent um, what he brings to, th- to the team. But um, one of the things that I, I notions that I raised um, uh, somewhere in mid-season was, um, you know, if Coutinho was a world-class player, uh, simply because I have not seen him uh, up to this point um, consistently perform and, you know, really bring it and make that step up to being classed as a world-class player. I think he just did that. I think he took the next step. Actually, yes, of course he. Uh, yeah, he did have some poor games. I mean, who, who didn't have some poor games, right? But I think he's. I think he's stepped up, and now he's at a, at another level. And that's why I think also you know you have all of these associated links and this you know this never ending stench of a link with Barca, it never seems to go away. Can't wash it off your hands. It's still there. But um, I think it's there also because of, you um, know, in, in a way, uh, Coutinho has transcended to 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 to, uh, to another level right now. I think we're going to see a different Coutinho from from henceforth. And for me, where I agree with you, I would put him as player of the season. But that's just again my own opinion. Okay, uh, most improved we touch this. I
8: think, think Coutinho has got to do it at international level and also in Europe before you can start to, and and probably on a slightly more consistent basis before you can. Uh, Sure. think he's nearly there, but I still think he needs to...
2: Okay. how about uh, most improved? Well,
7: it was definitely Mignolet. When compared to the previous three seasons, this one was unbelievable. I mean, uh, there was one moment that that I blame him for, and that was that Chelsea goal that that Luis scored from the free kick. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the season was just spotless, I'd say.
2: Okay. Uh, Keith, you already said your most improved players uh, in your right?
5: Yeah, da- yeah, definitely for me. I agree. I agree with Vess. Sensation.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Christian. Yeah, I agree with
6: Keith. I mean, it's so obvious. There's no other player within the team. Some have improved again, like Lanana. Henderson has improved. Wijnaldum has integrated himself um, very well into the team. Lucas was about the same. He had one catastrophic game because um, Klopp put him wrongly as a centre-back. But in his defensive midfield role, he was always always reliable, more or less. And and Chan has slightly stepped up because he had to get rid of his injury problems. And going on through the team, even Origi, I mean, Divok was for me, he was still very very well, very good, given the um, the environment, the, the fact that he couldn't play for a while was mm-hmm. simply bench because the other attacking players, the attacking lineup. Um, was um, was considered by Klopp as as uh, yeah as first first class and he wanted to keep it same for Sturridge and all the other players were were more or less the same or slightly better
4: mm-hmm.
6: except for Minule and Minule has fantastically improved mm-hmm. after he was benched and coming back and especially say since about yeah this um, end of December early January he hasn't made any big mistakes. He got got further further to that. He was in, in increasingly confident mm-hmm. in the area, in the box, yeah. and in the last few games, it was there was nothing, absolutely nothing to complain about. Yeah. Not, neither distribution, nor confidence. Yeah, his punches, everything was good.
4: Yeah, yeah.
6: And how long has it? Okay, it hasn't. Has taken a long time to say that, but I mean, how long has uh, did it take uh, to get to that point? and how quickly the development was after he was benched
2: yeah yeah okay um jason most improved
8: uh, i'll give it to lalana because i think um definitely the the three the three players for me this season who really improved were loverin minile and lalana and i think um i think Mignolet didn't have so much to do the first half of the season I, for me he really really uh although he was um in the first half of the season and he has been previously
4: mm.
8: I, I really think the team was playing so well then that that he didn't have to do, to do so much i think he really improved the second half of the season i think lana has now been talked about as the, the best english football player he, he was nowhere near that before um he's got so much more confidence scoring goals getting assists um playing in an unfamiliar position. Uh, I think he's just been absolutely fantastic this season.
2: Okay, fair enough. Um Mental, you already said um Mignolet was your uh, top player. So uh, did you make a distinction between that and say most improved, or did did you have another candidate for most improved?
3: Uh well, I can't agree with Vez and Keith. It's just it's just a religious thing. So <laughs> I'm gonna agree with Jason <laughs> instead.
5: <laughs> I've been accused of being too religious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh,
3: yeah, I'm going to agree with Jason. I mean that has been a real liberation for Lallana. Um It it, it, was, it was so so crucial the way he's improved these players. But for Lallana, you, um his career could have pretty much ended with us not not his football career, but his Liverpool career could have been over. Right with you know, I can't help but think that other managers would have said, "Well, we tried. He hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. He hasn't stepped up. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's come from Southampton. He's not a big team mentality type player." Yeah. You know, it would have been so easy for that to happen okay. um, because playing the front line, it's difficult. You don't have space. You have to be able to create your own space, and you've either got to have skills like Coutinho mm-hmm. or Firmino, or you've got to have uh, the, the kind of the pace and the maverick
4: yeah.
3: style of a of Mane. You know, and, and Lalana doesn't have those things. He's, he's not pacey. He's, he's not really tricksy in a, in a particularly effective way. Um, he's certainly um, and he certainly no Coutinho. And, you know, he, he was, I noticed in the Middlesbrough game, actually, he was back to doing pirouettes. You know, pointless pirouettes where he didn't go anywhere. He just stands on the spot and the, <laughs> the defender just stands there watching him. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't terrible in that game, but he, he was definitely good. Okay. But uh, it's, it's yeah, got so it, so it's massive, massive impact on his career because you know Klopp basically reinvented him, brought him back, brought him deeper. Yeah. He's got more space in front of him. Mane creates space for him as well, yeah. and then he can move into that. He's very good at moving into that space okay. and doing doing things, which a lot of midfielders can do. Okay. Uh, they just need a bit of space to be able to do it. Um, so, uh, and that's that's where he's really found found his uh, his kind of. His place, and of course, then he's not just doing that; he's also contributing hugely to the press in the middle of the park.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And when we're playing the cities and, and uh, other strong teams, um, um, Spurs and other, uh, that, those kind of teams, that's so important to give us control of the midfield. Is we have to put pressure on all of their players, okay. and so Firmino comes in, Lana does his work because he works like a maniac. Yeah. He's, you know, he has been a bit headless chicken he work before.
2: That's what um, Stevie G himself said, right? I mean, he said he was unbelievable how good fomino is. I mean, it's the first time they played together, um, and uh, you know he, he was blown away, but by, uh, by how good fomino really is. Um, so that, that's a that's that's a great uh, statement to get from uh, from a legend, a club, a club legend. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Um, let's talk. up Okay, we've we've given the plaudits. Um, let's not hold back some of the bricks. Um, Keith, I think I know who your choice is for most regressed but we'll come, I'll come to you in a sec. Um, Ves, who do you think has taken um, steps backwards rather than forwards this season?
7: Well, that's difficult to say. Uh, Klein had a season that, that there was disappointing for me. I think he's capable of much more than, than what he showed this season and uh That's on one hand, but on the other hand, you have someone like Moreno, who didn't even play at all, almost the entire season. He had a few decent performances in in the Cups, and two or three awful games in in the league, so uh, I think that, that this definitely spells the end for him, and... The, the lack of trust that, that that Klopp has shown is just too much.
2: Okay, um, okay. Uh, Keith. I,
5: I can't. I don't know how you can say that Marina's uh, regressed. He never got a chance. He, he didn't chance play. Anywhere, yeah. So we wouldn't know whether he regressed or not. Uh, that's but
7: that's said said On the other hand, as opposed to to what I said about Klein, yeah. right?
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, for me, for me, the most per, the person who regressed the most is definitely Klein. Yeah. Um, I actually liked him as a player the year before. I thought very good, solid left uh, right back, great defensively, gets forward pace, but this year. He was good defensively, but he was absolute shite in the third, uh, the final third of 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 the of the of the pitch. Uh, He gets, I mean, he should go to the fairground because he can't miss that defender. He he should get one of those balls in the fairground and start throwing at them because he hit them, the defender, every single time he tried to cross. Uh, I mean, I mean, even even the law of averages, you'd think he'd miss it once or twice, but no. Yeah, he was a big disappointment, and for the first time, I thought, has he got a place at Liverpool? Um, I think Trent is going to push him really hard next year. Uh, I really like this lad. He's got to learn a lot defensively, but I'd like to see him uh, against some of the lower half of the team, uh, the table teams, uh, because I think he gives us so much more going forward.
2: Okay, uh, Christian, most regressed
6: yeah, very difficult to say i mean it's but it's in fact it's it's the same discussions it's about fullback um is it klein or is it um is it moreno Morino um, has to be considered right from from the fact alone that he has not been considered anymore he has not been played anymore i mean that 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 has to tell us a lot we have to be realistic um club mentioned very early in the season when after bench, benching Moreno, a couple of weeks later, um, responding to a reporter, mm-hmm. he said he was the best of all the guys in training. But he didn't come back. He didn't get got. He didn't get any chance to play. And if he didn't get any, any get any chance to play, he wasn't effectively not able to beat James Miller mm-hmm. on that position, despite the fact that James Miller is not the the fastest player he's over his peak, he's 31, and Moreno, at uh, I think 25 or 24 years, years, he should have every chance to beat him, mm. um, but it didn't happen. So, uh, in fact, Moreno digressed in his level from a regular starter to a to an entirely benched, yeah, or entirely second-rate player. And, I mean, this is the most regressed player, in fact. But on the other hand, I personally believe that Klein also um has in fact um yeah he has reg- he has regressed significantly as well and I was very disappointed and here I have to tap your hands agree with Keith again <laughs> because it's it's well, it's it's obviously not he's he's not good enough. He's not good enough on the right hand side. None of his classes ever was were any good this year. I mean Exceptions from the rule may may be given, but uh, most of them were regularly shite. And this is not acceptable at that level. That is absolutely not acceptable. You have to look for someone better if eight out of ten crosses are absolute crap. That is not possible to accept.
5: Okay. Uh... I take it it that uh, uh, Marina's career is over. But I wonder yeah. if he wouldn't have got more game time if it wasn't for the fact that Henderson injured, and we uh, and 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 Milner was in there as the captain and senior player, and Klopp wanted him on that field as 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 the captain and senior player. Uh, I Maybe, wonder yeah. how much that played played an impact on that as well.
2: Mm. Okay, uh, <clears throat> Jason, who who do you think took the most steps back? Uh,
8: it's a difficult one, actually. Uh, I because I think most players have improved, haven't they? Um, I, I I get what people are saying. For me, I think Klein has kind of stood still. He's been disappointing for me that he's not progressed. I, I think it's more that he stood still and overall the level of the rest of the players has, has gone up such a lot, whereas last season he looked like one of the most consistent. Um, I mean, you, you'd have to say... Oh, I don't know... yet. I, I would I would actually probably... If we were talking about regression, I'd probably talk about Origi. I think there's mitigating circumstances. I think he was better last season as a lone striker. Mm. But I think in the 4-3-3, for, for me, it didn't really work. And and I think um, you had some numbers last week, Joe, to, to back that up. So I think as an actual regression, I'd probably go for Origi.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um Mental.
3: Uh, I like the Origi call. I don't know what the hell he's doing at the moment. He's, he's just do, spending so much time standing around ball watching. Um, there, It was about 83 minutes, I think it was, in the Middlesbrough game and uh, Milner puts in a ball right across the six-yard box yeah. and he's a few yards off the, the back corner of the six-yard box just watching it. it makes no attempt to run in. Anticipating the ball coming across, and it was just an easy tap in if he had done it, because yeah. um, the, the defender wasn't even particularly close to him. Um, and he's just standing, he's just watching, ball watches all the time. I have no idea what's going on with him. It's yeah. weird, absolutely bizarre. Um, I, don't, I wonder if Thierry Henry and that idiot Martinez are <laughs> telling him things in the Belgium squad that's messing his head up. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's but I, the thing about Rigi is, you know, you can't tell what's going on. With him, you can't see the obvious progression path. Yeah. Um, so you, you almost have to just not judge him for a season or so and just wait and see what happens, really. But in two seasons' time, he has to be making a really significant, a significant contribution. contribution. So next season for him is really key because you know it may end up costing him his Liverpool career. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Rodriguez is a good shout, but um, it's, for me, it's got to be about the fullbacks. Um, Milner was an assist machine last season. Um, it's, yeah, everyone's talked about his crossing being so poor. Mm. I think the four-three-three doesn't really lend itself to the combination plays that we saw in the middle of a game, mm. um, and, and that we see in other formations. And I think that's part of the problem. We're, we're expecting those full- fullbacks to be uh, wingers, basically, yeah. and do something as wingers, yeah. and that's not really what they are. So yeah. it's almost bound to fail. It, it's well, we just need different players to make that that work properly um i, th- I think uh, i think that's that's as much as much of the problem as as the individuals
2: sorry there's um, some uh, mic problems somewhere someone's having it's quite it's quite jarring actually so it's lots of, uh, okay
3: yeah anyway that's me
2: <laughs> okay um i've got three candidates for this award um the guy who for me i think uh, gets the most regressed award from me is Klein. Um, then second one, maybe finishing second is um, Origi. So for all the reasons, uh, uh, Jason that you mentioned, as well as you, mental uh, mentioned uh, Klein. Of course, I think she takes it for all the reasons that uh, Keith you mentioned in uh, first to some degree as well. Um, I've got a third candidate for this award, um, but it's not necessarily for something that's his fault. Really. Um and the candidate is actually Jordan Henderson as um as regressed. Um and I think purely from the perspective of this injury that he's suffering from that's keeping him out could actually have more impact on him, not from a physical perspective, but in him trying to get back in. Um I may not necessarily agree that it's a walk um, it's a, he's a show-in to come back as long as he's fit just because he's captain. I love him. I think he's as as i think jason you you, you said it earlier, he was posting kante like numbers and fantastic if he just had an opportunity to stay fit remain fit um you know he would. we would not be talking about it um hendo in the in these, in, the, in this uh, in this way. But um, looking at what we're trying to do in strengthening, you know, certain positions and especially also that midfield position and with the emergence of Emre, okay, um, that midfield is looking really, really crowded right now. Um, So I don't know whether... I'm not so certain that he could just waltz his his way back in. You know? So... That that's um that's one thought that I had, but um, here's
5: a here's an interesting stat, Joe. Yeah. You, uh, I, everybody's having a go at Origi. He seems to be the the mm. scapegoat at yeah. the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a lot of people say he scored eleven goals yeah. Yeah. this season. Yeah. Top being Coutinho with fourteen, yeah. Mane with thirteen, Firmino with the twelve, mm-hmm. and then it comes Origi with eleven. With the amount of starts that he's had. Uh, when he was in that f- rich vein in form and then was benched because mm-hmm. Klopp chose that four-three-three system. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the people are, are being harsh, harshly judging this lad. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's been played to his strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I don't think he's had uh, a fair shot because Firmino's been so good in that 433 He's been sort of a bench, a sort of impact player from the bench. Uh, I think his preferred uh, position would be up front. Then he, they'll put him on the wing, so uh, I think we've got to take all these things into consideration as well. I think the, the people are being a little bit harsh on origi
2: okay okay boys um we have to we have to land this show um I think it was a fantastic show we talked about we covered a lot of ground in this show um my thanks to all of you for your contributions for this. The, the last episode of the season is it the last episode? maybe who knows <laughs> we still have do have other content coming up in the summer. Um, thanks also for all of your thoughts and time and, um, and effort spent uh, uh, on the forecast for season one. I thought it was, uh, thought it, was it was a um, great, season. great season and um, for listening in again, thank you for for being with us uh, continuing to support us through this show. Um, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this this show and uh, and all the stuff that and the content we've been been able to to, to, to bring you. Uh, and uh, we'll be talking to you lots more uh, in the days, weeks, and uh, months to come, guys. Thank you very much. Take care. Good night.
3: Cheers, everyone. Talk soon. Yeah. Cheers, everyone.
2: Cheers.
6: Good night. Good night. Bye bye.
4: When you walk. Want... Through a storm, hold your head.